Hello, listening people. Good day. You're listening to Spin Polish Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. I'm Ryan Slowinski. I said good. I, I'm Bartek. Okay. You said I'm good Bartek. Hello, good Bartek. I am evil Ryan, and we are both hosting a, a, a podcast in which we have to do feature length audio commentaries for movies that we consider to be unappreciated masterpieces. Hence the show is called Unappreciated Masterpieces. We find movies that need to be talked about. Not ones that are completely forgotten, but not ones that are completely remembered either. Ones that have lingered in the taste buds of the public, to say the least. You know, the ones that aren't necessarily exciting the taste buds, but aren't making that bitter, bitter taste either. These films have something to them. The thing I think of when we do episodes is we find a movie. And the thing about movies is someone wrote a script, someone directed, someone acted, someone did the costume. People spent time on these projects. And us, the audience, we just didn't spend the time to watch them or appreciate them. And I think that's just sad, you know? Someone out there wrote a script thinking, yes, this is gonna appeal to people, and it didn't. And that's upsetting because these aren't the movies that are cynical hack pieces of trash. These are gems amongst the wreckage. These are unappreciated masterpieces. Bartek, what is the unappreciated masterpiece we're gonna be covering in this episode? Today, we are covering <clears throat> the 2008 classic film Naviedzona Narzeczona. Well, here's the thing, you know, we're called Spit and Polish, likingly, because we're always spitting, and we both happen to be Polish. And the thing is, I, although I am Polish with the last name Solinski, I don't speak Polish, and Bartek always, always, no matter what, unless he can't find a Polish title, always says the titles in, in the native language of Poland, and I don't know how to speak it, and it just, it, it insults Wait, me. It insults the guest, because the just... guest doesn't know Polish. Nobody speaks Polish, Bartek, not even the Polish people. So just to be clear, the native language of Poland is Polish, right? I think. Right, okay. Is it not? It is, yes, it is. Is it Polish? Is it, is it not? It's is Polish, it, yes. Is it called Polish, or yes, is it yes, Polski? It uh, in Polish, it's Polski. Yeah. There you go. See, now I know more Polish. Uh, so, what's the movie we're watching? Yeah, but what's the film in English? I don't know what we're watching in Polish. Oh, you want to know what Navidzona Narzeczona is yeah. in English? Yeah, that would be helpful. Right, I'm going to tell you over her dead body what the title is. It's over her dead body. Is <laughs> It's Over Her Dead Body, the 2008 classic with Eva Longoria Parker, Lake Bell, and Jason Biggs. I mean, I'm excited. And that Ant-Man dude. Oh, Stephen Root, yeah. So, uh, I'm excited to do the Over Her Dead Body movie. You're excited. I'm excited. Just you? you? I can't speak for you. And me? I'm excited. Are you excited? Is there a third excitement As in the As Big room? Kev would have asked, are you excited? Because he sure was. Who is excited with us today, Bartek? Whose excitement can the microphone feel? Well. Other than us. <laughs> That's a reference to a previous episode <laughs> where we had a guest, a very fantastic guest, 
who appeared for the fourth time, and today that guest is appearing for the one, two, three, fifth time. That's maths. Lady, yeah, four plus one is maths. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> special guest Reese McKenzie. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes. Reese McKenzie. Yeah. Yeah. It is how you pronounce my name. Thank you, Bartek. Nice droning voice, Reese. Thank you. It's my it's, favorite drone. It's pretty monotonous today. I'm not gonna. Is it because this movie was so exciting that it drained all the energy out of you? Because I know I, I, it's pretty exciting. I literally watched this this morning, and <laughs> it literally got me out of bed, guys. That's how. Exciting. How early did you have to watch this movie? Eight thirty. Wow, you know, you you really nailed it's, it's it. It's on YouTube, so I thought... Oh. What time is it now, guys, for reference? Uh, we're not going to mention that, because the audience doesn't need to yes. know. It's they 3 plus 1 Wait, what reference? They don't need to know what time we're recording <laughs> this, because they're I... listening oh. to it. So they could be listening to it at 8.30 in the morning. They're like, Reese is watching it now. That's weird, you know? Oh, like, I see who knows? what you're talking about. So guys, about. get your copy of the film ready because what you're going to do is you're going to have your copy ready if you like you don't have to but it'll be more much appreciated like unlike the said, movie. it's on youtube it's on youtube in like t- what 10 parts uh, and roughly yeah and uh or you could just buy the legal copy of course and you're going to watch the film with us if you can we're going to do a countdown and you're going to hear our views our commentary of the film if you have seen the film before you have a great understanding of what we're talking about. We're going to be shooting straight down the middle here, guys. We are going to be talking about Over Her Dead Body, spoilers and all. So get your copy ready, because we're going to start this beautiful, emotional film in three... Why are you laughing? Two... Emotional? Did you not like it? One... I don't think you liked it. P... Play. Play. So we are now three seconds into the film. Great. Um, and here we are with an opening uh, logo. And Reese has already dived into the board. Reese, what did you find to be an emotional part of this film? Or what was it, the emotion it gave you? Boredom. It bored you. You're not a fan. Ah. I, I, not a fan? Why do we keep getting guests on fans of these unappreciated masterpieces? We're trying to prove that this is a good movie. Well, I'm... I'm that what, really looks like Eva Longoria, by the way. This this is an opportunity for me to appreciate this unappreciated masterpiece. And I shall go forward and mm. hear what you two have to say about this film being exciting. Well, I'll be honest with you. In these photos here, in the opening credits, there's only that last photo that made me realise that that was Paul Rudd. I didn't know who that guy was. Yeah, why and... didn't you mention him in the sort of intro to this? It was a joke, Reese. Oh. I wanted it to be like a sucker punch for when he when I mentioned him. They'll be like, oh, he's in this too? Why did he mention not him first? Because... Paul Rudd, not big guy in this movie. He wasn't a leading man until now-ish. Well, he, he sort of becomes a leading character. In this it, film, it, you're right. Yes. This is really where it, he got the role of Ant-Man, I would say. You know, they saw his dry wit, his romantic chemistry with the amazing comedic performance by Lake Bell, I, who really steals the show in this movie, I will say. I would dare say that he got the role of Ant-Man from Halloween 6. No, yes. it's it's definitely it's definitely this and and you know Sam Pancake did an amazing job in this movie. I really thought Sam nailed it. Who's Sam Pancakes? Well, 
I didn't say pancakes. Just pancake. Oh, sorry. Pancake sounds funny. Sam, pancakes. <laughs> pancakes Sam are really pancake good. Pancake is great. I really do like this intro. It's very nicely done. Yeah, we admit. did a film recently called Bride Wars. This would be our third chick flick that involves weddings in some way, shape, or form. I would. Yeah. Also, probably our third chick flick in general, maybe. Uh. Yeah, you could say that. I am a general Fourth, fan of Fourth, if you want to say Red Riding Hood's a chick flick. Oh, I thought you were going to go with, like, Sorority Boys. <laughs> sorority Boys is a chick flick, too. So, Reese was not a fan. But I can be convinced otherwise. You're not forgiven, though. What? Reese, were you... Reese, why were you not a fan? I is it because it, it was, was I am, boring? I am... <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Audience, just to let you know, Ryan turned right to me and said, Reese... And then he had to justify it by asking Reese another question. No, no. Okay. I didn't want to look at Reese because he's disgusting me right now with and then his you lack of appreciation. Oh, oh, Ryan, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at, look at me. Look at me. So, Reese, <laughs> why did you not appreciate this f- film? Because I know, looking into Bartek's eyes right now, that he really loved the movie. And I loved the movie. Uh, you know, why, Reese? Why do you have to be the antagonist to this film's prestigious nature. Well, I do like the antagonist. She's She does play a very good antagonist. No, you're the antagonist what? to this film. What? Why am I the antagonist? Because you're the one here who's come in and you're like, I don't like this movie. Hold on. I didn't say I didn't like it. I Wait. said I was just a tad bored. Wait, hold on, Ryan. Tad now? Oh, okay. Reese, would you give it more than 50%? Yes. Then he's not the antagonist. Oh, uh, well, you know, you know what they... Rotten Tomatoes is the antagonist here, Ryan. Oh, uh, well, that's okay then. So... Bartek, you love the film. I can tell by the smile on your face as we're reliving it in this... It's uh, it's important to note for the people who don't know about this film that this is a romantic comedy, and I actually laughed quite a bit throughout the film. And I felt the romance. So put us together and we're not only good and evil, (laughs) but, you know, romantic and comedy. And then there's Reese who kind of models the whole formula up, as usual. You felt the romance. You touched it. You felt its presence. I tasted it in my mouth. You tasted it in... What?! You can't do it. Oh. Oh, God. <laughs> usually, usually... Reese is a bit slow on the ball today. Yes. Usually when I watch these films, it's okay. on a... Okay. I just want to make a point soon about... Angels do ha- have wings. Angels do have... Wi- Angels don't always have wings. They do, though. Eva Longoria Parker is character. Is She's Catholic, so they believe that. Catholic. I, I would just like to make a point about this sort of death scene that comes up. Spoilers. Sorry. Okay, well, hurry, because I want to talk about this lady. The, the wedding lady? Alright, you talk about it first. So, I also want to talk about it. You do? Yeah, I really do. <laughs> okay. You go first. Maybe Reese should go first then. Right. No, okay. no, 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 Bartek, he you... goes last. Because the death <laughs> the death is the whole point of the movie. This chick only appears once. <laughs> yes, Karen, I think her name is. Yeah, Kaza. <laughs> uh, so, she's played by an actress named Ali Hillis. Oh, yeah. And when... You know her? No. <laughs> I just wanted to support you. <laughs> Usually when I watch these films, it's on a Saturday afternoon, and usually um, a friend of mine uh, logs in on Facebook, and I, like, chat with him while I'm watching it. Yeah. And I told him, I was chatting to him when the credits showed up, I'm like, oh, Ali Hillis was in this film. We know her mainly as a voice actress. She played the controversial main character of Final Fantasy XIII. Oh, wow. Controversial. So we were just having a little chat about, hey, dude, Alice Hill- uh, Ali Hillis is in this film and she's not playing, you know, a cold character. Excellent. So that just gave me like a little bit of a, you know, extra Was love it weird for- to see her as a person? It was, yes. Did she match what you thought? 
Not really, because Lightning has pink hair, so that's one thing that was different. The hair was kind of similar. And mm. also, because that character was so cold, um, hearing her be kind of submissive was kind of like a different look at her. So th- it really gave... This film gave me something personal to, like, enjoy. Yeah. Like, the, uh, she only has... She only says, like, four words, and only one of them vaguely sounded like something Lightning would say. Typical Lightning. Yeah. Reese, I'll be kind, and let's hear your view on death. She was crushed to death by the ice sculpture. Yeah. I don't believe that. Why? I would believe that she got hit in the head. <laughs> but and she she's... Do you know how tiny I'm, she is? No. Eva Longoria Parker. Yeah. No. She's incredibly tiny. Well, she. Well, and that statue was clearly that statue was clearly seven foot tall, if not more, because Stephen Root I, is about six foot tall, I and it was way think, above his height, and I he still, was a sculptor. I still think it wouldn't have crushed her to death. I think she's Eva a very Parker. tiny woman who got crushed by a massive ice sculpture. So just to just because it's made out of ice, you don't think that it could kill you? Is that what you're telling me, Reese? I think if it was made out of ice, it would have just knocked her out. But no, not crushed her to death. It crushed her. I didn't get the impression that it crushed her. I got the impression that it was blunt force trauma. But Reese wants it to be crushed. The, uh, a- so the that he angel can... in the scene said crushed to death. Well, yeah, because her head was crushed and... Actually, if she specifically said crushed, then I can see where Reese is coming but from. But I think I'm right about this issue. She's a <laughs> tiny woman <laughs> if it and it's bl- a massive statue. If it fell, uh, you know what I mean? I, like, I could really see blunt force trauma... Internal bleeding would be definitely... And she did say, like, she died straight away. Oh, yes. So, I want to go back to... What was her name? Lightning? Uh, The actress or the character? Both. Uh, Allie Hillis. Allie Hillis. Allie Hillis was being unreasonable. And here's something I want to go at. Eva Longoria Parker gets a lot of negative criticism for this movie because of her character. They say that she's annoying, that she's shrill, and overbearing. And the thing that I really found interesting about this movie is I went in blind. I knew nothing about the movie other than Eva Longoria was in it and that it was about her being a ghost. And the thing I found very interesting about Ali or, uh, Lightning in this was she was something that I agreed with about Eva Longoria, which was she told this woman, Eva Longoria told this woman at a wedding, make sure that the vegetarian appetizers and the meat appetizers do not touch. Mm-hmm. Now, now, that could be considered pedantic, but that's actually a valid uh, thing for that kind of dietary need. And that was really what we were given before she died as the bitchy thing. Like, she was being really harsh on this woman about making sure that they didn't screw this up. But I was on her side, Eva Longoria. I thought, no, Eva Longoria is right. They they shouldn't touch. They shouldn't be mingling together the meat and the vegetarian options because then... Vegetarians won't want to eat it if the meat's touching the... Ve- you know, like, that kind of thing is real. It's like when you have pickles in your burger, you can remove it, but, the, like, the residues... Yeah, there. exactly, or beetroot or something. So it's like, you know, I agreed with Eva Longoria, and the thing I kept finding myself doing was agreeing with Eva Longoria throughout this movie. Like, not necessarily about her chasing off this uh, Lake Bell, but about the angel having wings, about, about this, this, and this, and Stephen Root killing her and not having to really you know, suffer and he still would, and he was still drinking and all that after he did that. It's like he never learned a lesson and all this kind of stuff. I found myself agreeing with Eva Longoria quite a lot in this movie. And I found that very interesting because you would consider her, her mentality 
to be that of in a lesser movie she would be this annoying shrill overbearing uh, bitch who everything out of her mouth is pedantic to the point of it being incorrect but she was actually correct for me personally and I think that's a very interesting thing like I love how the angel the you know the the figure of of god is the most unreasonable person in this entire film like, well, I crushed it to death. I mean, you know. Eva Longoria rocks up into the limbo and she just basically is confused like you would be if you died suddenly. Yeah. And the angel's already not having it. Already not having it. And then she's like, I was supposed to get married. So, understandably, Eva Longoria, very upset. Very upset. And the angel, still not having it. No patience. And, and you think patience being a virtue an angel would have. No. But then, Angel gets pissed off when Evil Longoria says, where's your wings? And that's when the Angel just disappears and leaves Evil Longoria's character to wander the earth for, what is it, like a year or two? Not knowing her purpose? Basically committing her to a form of hell on earth? Because the Angel had no patience. That's the thing that I find funny. People like... In, in a lot it's... of reviews, Eva Longoria is unreasonable. Well, really? I think this movie is saying a comment about religion. By saying, hey, isn't it weird that the figure of religion in this movie, uh, there's two, one of which is an actual angel of God and the other is a servant of God. One is more patient, more loving, more caring, and the other is not. And it's very funny that the priest is very understanding of the situation, doesn't even really question the situation of a ghost, but the angel can just not stand being questioned about wings. I think it's very interesting. I would like to make the point, it's not really a hell on earth, you know. For it's her it is. For Eva Longoria Parker's character. I think it's more of a quest she has to get, I mean, a quest she has to take. Take. I said not get. Reese, okay. have you seen the, the South Park episode where Cartman thinks that he's dead? Yes. It's basically that. Yeah, but it's a quest. It's like Ghost with Patrick Swayze. Yeah, and she is Train Ghost. She's what? Train Ghost. She's Train Ghost. In the film Ghost, Bartek, have you seen this? Nah. In the film Ghost, there is a ghost that lives on a train. He's been left on Earth this entire time not knowing, never been told, never been informed on what his mission on Earth is. And it's never truly stated in the film Ghost how long this specific ghost that haunts a train has been on Earth. But you can tell by his behavior and his lack of regard that he's been on Earth in between far too long. He's the ghost that teaches Patrick Swayze how to... um, interact with physical objects in the real world, that you have to manifest all your hate and anger. And I feel like Eve Longoria was actually the train ghost, but before going crazy. Because she never, in this film, got to get deliver the message. And if it wasn't Stephen Root just casually being dead, she would never have known. Never have known. No, she would never have known. The angel never came back. No, the angel didn't, just didn't want to have it. And that's the angel's fault for lack of patience. Yes. Being a being a servant of God like an angel is, they should have patience. So two things. Uh, first of all, for people watching for the first time, the lady that lives in this apartment is our main character. Yeah. So yes, and say hello I, everyone. Hello. Oh, if you also thought also... Eva Longoria was going to be in the first forty minutes of the film, <laughs> you were wrong. She was in like, the first, in the first three. <laughs> Oh, yes, and the sitcom character uh, that Jason Biggs plays. And then, oh, look, his arm is on fire. That's oh, such dear. a Reese thing to and, do. 
Why is it a race thing to do? I never set myself also, on fire. Also, Paul Rudd's in this movie. Uh, I don't know if we mentioned that before. I would never set myself on fire. I mean, well, not on purpose. I mean, you know, well, he didn't do it on purpose. No, of course. Was, would you would you make the declaration in front of a whole audience of people? I would set myself on fire accidentally. Well, I can't guarantee that I will or I won't. So uh, you you don't you know you you only say things if you really mean you could do it. Well, I, I I do know that I have the ability to accidentally set myself on fire, but I don't want to do it. He's such a great man. What? He's like, like a hero. Me. Reese is the best. No, we're talking about Paul Rudd. Reese, stop. Being so focused on yourself. I'm not trying to be focused on myself. Okay, so... Do you know that he thinks he's a hero? I don't! (laughs) I don't think I'm... So, you should talk, because we are watching a great cinematic classic. So, we're introduced to our main plethora of characters now. Uh, He is Paul Rudd. Oh, shit, I just remembered. When I pointed out that she's the main character, I said two things. The other thing is that, um, while I haven't seen Ghost, I've played a DS game called Ghost Trick. Which mm. does a very similar thing of at the very beginning, uh, another character who is also a ghost teaches you how to, you know, do things. Yeah, that's it. Go back, Ryan. Go. So, uh, we uh, the whole plot of this movie for people who are not in the know of over her dead body is Eva Longoria dies on the day of her wedding, and is stuck in the limbo land as a ghost, basically being not informed on what to do. She comes to the conclusion that her her fiance, who has been alone for a year or two, has now begun to move on with a woman who's played by Lake Bell, uh, who is a psychic. This psychic claims to be in contact with Eva Longoria's character, even though she is not, to make... Paul Rudd feel better, then inadvertently falls in love with Paul Rudd, and then Eva Longoria can now be seen and heard by Lake Bell, and she starts to haunt her, basically. Starts to chase her off. Will haunt her for all of eternity if she does not leave her fiancé alone. Yes, and with the relationship between the two leads basically goes about that whole thing of it started because of one little lie, but then as it continued, became a very real thing. Like Shrek. Yeah. I, I was actually going to compare it to The Guilt Trip, but that wasn't really a love story. You know how no. the trip started. It's a trip movie. Have you seen the film, Ryan? Ryan? Yeah. Ryan. What? Okay, good. Have you seen the film, Reese? <laughs> the Guilt Trip? Yeah. Seth Rogen and Barbara Streisand. I've seen the trailer. Well... Okay, well, in the film, basically... Uh, Seth Rogen takes his mum on a road trip to help her find a lost love, but he, like, pretends that it's he really wants to spend time with her. Mm. And throughout all the film, you know, they get really close, and then eventually he reveals the reason why he took her on the trip. And even though he, like, genuinely was having a great time with her, the whole conflict right then near the end was, oh, this all started because of a lie. Yeah. So... This movie has some amazing comedic actors. We have Paul Rudd here. Lindsay Sloan is quite amusing. And in the background, this woman here, the blonde woman, she is, I do believe she's the bride in the film Bridesmaids. Oh, she's one of the bridesmaids. In the oh, she is one of the bridesmaids. And she's obviously known for her role in Reno 911 as the slutty cop. <laughs> she looked familiar, but I... And I, she's in quite a bit. Yeah, I haven't seen Reno 911, but I've seen Bridesmaids. Yeah, she's in that. And 
you know, there's a whole plot. I think Lake Bell is quite amusing in this movie. I found her comedic delivery to be a saving grace of this movie. I think Paul Rudd and Lake Bell have a great chemistry in this movie. And I wish that we got to see more of the chemistry between Eva Longoria and Paul Rudd to kind of understand how they loved each other as a couple because it's kind of not there for us to know it's just we have to take it at face value yeah basically when she's alive paul rudd's kind of a minor character almost like in um wedding day bride wars yeah bride wars yeah exactly the secondary male character but now he's the main male character once she dies you know the husband it's finally not her day anymore so it's his day Mm. and it's his day. Yeah, this film had a lot going on. Now, of course, our history with this movie, I, I can only speak for myself strongly, never had seen it, never had heard of it until I was searching for movies for this podcast. I saw this movie in the recommended section of IMDb when I was doing Bride Wars, and I said to myself, yeah, this looks interesting. I like Eva Longoria. I like I like Eva Longoria. I, I'm a big fan of the TV show Desperate Housewives. I watched it quite a lot when I was growing up, and I always liked Eva Longoria in that TV show. She was my personal favorite of the Desperate Housewives, so that really drew me to picking this and wanting to watch this for the show. And that's a great thing about some movies. You discover the weirdest or the best movies through a minor connection, whether it is a director or a writer or an actor you enjoy. You will watch the movie simply because of that, not necessarily because of the storyline. Or the premise or anything like that. You'll just dive in. You'll be like, I really like Paul Rudd. Or I really like Lake Bell. Over her dead body, I'll watch that. I really like Brendan Fraser. Yeah, and I have watched a lot of Brendan Fraser movies. Because I like him. And not all of them are great. Not all of them are furry vengeance. But some of them are bedazzled. I did like like furry vengeance a little bit. Because he does he does have great comedic timing. But it's just the films he's in. So, Bartek, what's your history with this film? Uh, pretty much the same as yours, except that I found out about it when you told me about it. And I remember one of the reasons why you wanted to re-song for this episode was one of the reasons why I was excited for this film. Which Wh- was, why? this has a more feminine touch. Every episode oh. that Reese has been on has been a very masculine thing. We did Thunderbirds, and we did Meet right. Dave. And, and Catch That Kid. And Catch That Kid. And like, very boysy. The, the rock film. Race to Witch Mountain. Race the, to the Big yeah, Rock. They're, they're very boysy films, and I thought... Boysy. Boysy. That's and, a place. And um, I felt like it was time for a more feminine touch. Bartek and I have been getting in touch with our feminine sides at recent with the films, such as Bride Wars, and... You know, other chick-related like flicks. Bewitched, kind of. Bewitched and, uh, oh, you know, variant others. And I felt like it's time to see what Paul Rudd and Lake Bell can deliver. Reese, what about you? Your history with this movie, Annie? Had you ever heard of it before? Well, I know Eva Longoria Parker. I have seen uh, about 20 seconds of Desperate Housewives. And it was pretty funny, but I never watched it again. Uh, why? I don't know. I, I, was, I was into the show ER at the time, so Ugh. I was pretty much... What, what exactly is Desperate Housewives about? It's, it's Desperate Housewives is a dr- show. It's a comedy. The thing that I find interesting about Desperate Housewives is it was always advertised as like a um, this bitchy drama where these housewives and intrigue, but it was actually a comedy. I guess it's like it was like you know how Sex and the City is actually a comedy, but it's always labeled as this like bitchy whatever but desperate housewives is a comedy i would say a comedy drama about the lives of these uh 
of these housewives on this one street who are all friends and they all have family dramas going on. Like, the main character, the narrator of the show is one of the housewives and in the very first episode she commits suicide and the first season is dedicated to the other housewives figuring out why their friend commits suicide and it's like a big mystery and it pretty much it's that kind of TV show where each season a new neighbour or neighbours move in and they're an antagonistic figure to some degree, but it's like, why or how or whatever. So one season is dedicated to a pedophile um, lives down the road, but they don't know he's a pedophile. But it's still a comedy, but it's a drama. Um, talking about comedy and drama, this Woody Harrelson-looking guy here on you the know, mobile I went phone. To, I went to Wikipedia, and guess who they said it was? Woody Harrelson, I No, imagine. Owen Wilson. It's not. It's him. not Owen Wilson. It's some <laughs> random guy that looks like Owen Wilson. It doesn't. It's not even Owen Wilson. It's Hansel. He's so hot right now. Uh, you know. Oh, hi, guys. I'm in the movie, too. Wow. <laughs> it's actually Luke Wilson in a blonde wig. <laughs> Is there a Luke Wilson impersonation that anyone can do? Uh, Luke Wilson. Yeah. He's uh, his, his Kelso's older brother. Yeah. So he's, he's not like, oh, wow. He's more like, oh, wow. A bit raspier, yeah. Yeah, he's a bit raspier because he's the older brother. And he squints a bit more, whereas Owen Wilson's more wide-eyed. Uh, yeah, yeah, but he he has more pouted lips. Like he's like, oh wow, and then like Luke Wilson's like, oh wow. Yeah, so that's my Luke Wilson impersonation. But can anyone do a good Jason Biggs? I'm not gay. Not even Jason can. <laughs> so several times in this movie, I wrote in my notes that like, when we first meet Jason Biggs' character, Jason Biggs in this movie, for those who are unaware, is uh, Lake Bell's best friend, a gay friend, and they run a catering company together, and he's not very good. The first time you see him, there's smoke coming out of an oven, and I said to myself, wow, he fucked that pie real hard, because obviously he's from American Pie, in which he's famous for fucking a pie. And I wrote in my notes several times that he fucked several uh, pieces of food. And what I got from his character is that he might have. I don't know. I mean, he had to take all that repressed sexuality out somewhere. That's true. He does. He doesn't do much sexual activity in this film. It's pretty restrained, if you know what I mean. I mean, part of his character is that he doesn't get any. Yeah. Poor Jason Poor doesn't Jason get any. He's such a loser. Get it? That's a movie he was in called Loser. Oh yeah, that was. It was also famous for having the song um, "Teenage Dirtbag" in that song. Baby, in that movie, Reese. So what? you said it had the song "Teenage Birth." Dirtbag in that song. Yes, teenage bird, dirtbag. I'm a teenage birdbag, baby. Okay, we can't afford the copyright to that song. Reese, don't sing on. Oh, God, well, not, not only if we get 19 seconds of it, we can sing 19 I sang seconds. nine seconds. So Ryan, don't you know about fair teen. use? Fair use. You have to make it transformative. So, this film has a lot going on. We all went in not knowing anything, basically. Like, oh, yeah, we didn't I... really know much about it. I just knew Eva Longoria is a ghost and she haunts. I, That's all I, I walked in pretty much blind. Me too. I I was actually thinking it would be have a bit more fantasy elements to it, but then it turned out just to be a romantic comedy with ghosts. I think what I liked about it too was I, I have seen the film Ghost, and with romantic ghost movies, that's the one you go to. It's like if you ever have an adventure movie, you have to compare it to Indiana Jones, or if you ever have a horror movie set in space, it has to be compared to Alien. This genre of ghost rom-coms 
Um, which do exist. No, yeah. no, I was laughing at the comparison to Alien, remembering Deep Rising, even though it's not set in space or so, compared to by Roger Ebert. So, what I'm saying is, this can't help but be compared to Ghost. And I walked in and I went, oh, okay, because in Ghost, for those unaware, like Bartek, you know, Patrick Swayze dies, he's not <laughs> sure what his purpose is as a ghost, and he can only be seen and heard by Whoopi Goldberg who's a psychic but she's like a fake psychic and you see this movie where it's like Eva Longoria is a ghost and she doesn't know what her purpose is and she can only be seen by a psychic and it's like trying to fix their relationship and make sure the person's happy like sure but there's a difference between this and ghost I think what I like about this is Ghost Patrick Swayze is a tragic character you feel sorry that he's gone you you feel sorry that him and Demi Moore who went on to star in Nothing But Trouble directly after Ghost, uh, you you feel sorry that they're no longer together. In this movie, you feel happy in a way that Eva Longoria is no longer with Paul Rudd because Paul Rudd is in love with someone else. In, in Ghost, Demi Moore doesn't move on, really, after. That's the difference. This is a story about what happens if Ghost happened, but she was moving on, and instead it's he's moving on. How would the ghost handle that? I like the idea that, you know, Eva Longoria is not too happy about that. And I don't think she's being too much of a bitch in this movie about being unhappy. Like, she, she she died on her wedding day. How upset would you be, you know? I'm sympathetic to her, but I do think she's still being a bitch. Do you? Yeah. But then again, she so. does learn her lesson. But see, I think she's being a bitch reasonably. Yeah. If anything. You but You just like, said she's being a bitch. That's just my thing. I'm not, yeah. I'm not angry at her, but, but she yeah, is no, being a but, bitch. There's always some <laughs> negative connotations to the word, you to that being a bitch. I think she's being reasonable because Lake Bell, in her eyes, is a duplicitous, lying person. Duplicitous. Duplicitous. What's duplicitous? What do you mean? What's duplicitous? What do you? He's asking for the definition. What's the definition of duplicitous? What do you think it means? I don't know. You don't know. Um, can I ask a question? Bartek, you're the teacher. Teach him. So, Epic Theatre was founded by Berthold Brecht. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, Duplicitous, she's being two-faced. She's, she's, you know, being... She's been Harvey Dent. Sure, she's Harvey Denting it. Uh, You know, she's... She's saying one thing, but she's the other. That kind of thing. So, in, in Eva Longoria's eyes, and to be honest, in the audience's eyes, it is a bit morally wrong of Lake Bell to be in in any relationship with Paul Rudd under the, under the circumstances. She's using personal information to win Paul Rudd over at the start, and then eventually that withers away. But there's still the fact is that seed was planted with mistrust. I think that's why I'm still on Eva Longoria's side till the end of the movie, if I'm 100% honest. There does come a point where you have to be like, yeah, like, well, I agree. But this film is... Here's the thing I like it. This film is filled with people. The living are liars. Like, all terrible people, except for Paul Rudd. And... Like, his sister, you know, um, Lake Bell and uh, Gay Boy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the dead people aren't exactly that much better. I mean, who do we have? We've got the... Stephen Root and Eva Longoria. The fat guy who, you know, not only was responsible for her death, but also was drink driving. Can you just not call him the fat guy? That's Stephen Root. Did we not know Stephen Root? No, Stephen Root. King he's of one the of Hill. the greatest actors on this planet. And I'm not joking. Like, he's in King of the Hill as Mr. Dotrieve. 
Which one's the Mr. Doge? The, the bold, the bold, the bold fat guy, the bold fat guy, the singlet. Yeah, Bill. Yeah, Bill Dotrieve. I don't know his the, last name. I just know Bill. They always call him Dotrieve. Uh, and then he's also in so many great films like Office Space. Mm. You know, he's he's just one of those actors. So when you're just like that fat guy, I'm like, how dare you? That is Stephen Root, I've one of the greatest name, actors so. of all time. He's in so much. Look, guys, so don't worry. I know who Ali Hillis is. <laughs> yeah, that's something I can't remember. <laughs> that's the one thing that redeems you, Bartek. You know so who Ali Stephen Hillis Root, is. you're saying the drunk guy who yes. killed her is the other dead person. Yeah, and, and then Eva Longoria, who I... Who's not well lit in this sequence, my name. Who, um... Her, her modus operandi... What's that mean, Bartek? Yes, what does that mean, Bartek? Bertolt Breck founded Epic Theatre in 19... <laughs> no, he didn't. Um, <laughs> the, the scene later on where she's annoying Lake Bell. Yeah. And, it, and I just... I, I realise what she's trying to do, you know. She, she doesn't need to sleep. She has the whole power to... Yeah. And time, I guess, to do that. But Haunt her, yeah. I just don't think it really does her character many favours. But I think it shows the ineptitude of her character. She doesn't even know how to haunt this woman correctly. What does she do? She keeps up all night by talking about her pets. Like, she could, which we've seen with her powers, truly make Lake Bell go insane within a matter of hours. Like, she can throw her voice. She can, uh, you know, she can interfere with objects she can play around with sound and and visual she could do so much like she could even appear as not even as herself i reckon even longer i reckon she could manipulate if she learned how to appear as other things you know rather than just herself so i feel like she's interesting and she could sure. just murder yeah. her if she really wanted well, Maybe. easily She's not Easily. that much of an antagonist. No, though. but that's what I mean. I, I, I don't know. This is, I really, I just, I feel like I need to defend Eva because I, I feel like I'm her in this situation. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, you feel the need to defend yeah. her, but I'm just sitting here like, you know, we don't have to, you know, you don't have to defend her. I just feel know? like Lake Bell is the true terrible person. But in I this no, movie. but no, but she's, no, no. Look, what I'm feeling here is that you're so strong on defending Eva Longoria that you're like going around oh. in a circle to antagonizing another character when you don't really have to. I figured it out. What? I figured it out. What? I figured it out. What? Yeah, well, we never know. So, well, no, no, I think oh. the real antagonist is Dan. No, hold on, hold on. What, what Reese? <laughs> Ryan, our dear host Ryan. Ryan. I can't hear you. What are you saying? Ryan, Ryan, dear host Has Ryan. a crush on Eva Longoria. No, to be honest, she wasn't the hottest of the Desperate Housewives. I thought the redhead was more my crush in Desperate Housewives. Uh, that's, like, my comparison. Well, Ryan, fuck, Mary kill. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> she would be the Mary, I guess. Because I really want to fuck the redhead. Well, she is a housewife, housewife, so, you know. And then I would <laughs> kill Terry Hatcher, because she was my least favourite housewife. Yeah, even though she is the most attractive of the housewives, but she wasn't the one I was attracted to. Uh, she's good Lois Lane, though, Terry Hatcher. But, um... <laughs> Margot Kidder. Margot Kidder. What? Margot Kidder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I said good. I didn't say great. Oh, okay. It's like if I stood here right now and said, Amy Adams, best Lois Lane. Oh, God. Uh, she's a Lois Lane. <laughs> but, I don't know. I don't think... I, it's not that I have a crush on Eva Longoria. I, I don't really think... I just really connected to her character more than any of the others. Like, her and Paul Rudd I connected to, and not as them as a couple. I just... 
I think what makes this film unappreciated is it walks that gray line of of the moral values that you can bend in making a relationship. Like, when it comes to relationships, you know, people lie, people manipulate, people do that stuff to get a relationship, to maintain a relationship. It, and that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. I'm in a relationship, and there's things that you embellish. There's things that you say or do differently to maintain or get a relationship. And and I know films have to embellish the real-life ways of relationships to make it more accessible, but I just found that the thing that really dragged me through this movie is the fact that she used her diary to win Paul Rudd to begin with. I felt like this movie could have stood on its own two feet if she actually just communicated with with Kate from the start or heard her voice and stuff or at least yeah, actually had some psychic hostile. abilities to pick up the personality of this woman, her history, rather than to lie. Because well, I'm not a fan of the liar-revealed trope in in films. I hate it. Yeah, like guilt trip. That was kind of like, yeah, you don't need that. Do you? Yeah. And I felt like this movie, it did work. It did work, but I think that's it's the thing that the really thing. pushes it into the obscure realm of film. I think it's just too morally duplicitous as a film. What I don't like about it in this film is that it wasn't... Usually the lie revealed thing kind of is a thing that you... It's, the lie starts off because you want to gain something from it. In this film, it was a favour. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like she wanted to be in a relationship with it. It just ended up happening that way. Yeah, and I, I guess I do find that refreshing as well. I think that is less salt in the wound, but it still leaves... The, something, the pickle taste. To go the pickle to taste. Uh, because the, the meat in the That's vegan why food. I'm defending Eva Longoria, because I find her to be the one of the higher moral value out of our two main women in this film. Which, you know? I, which I can respect, because, you know, it's like that id thing. She's doing what she feels, like her emotions. The iceberg has turned what upside I'm, down, basically. What I'm just kind of weirded out about is that you choose to antagonise someone else instead. Like, you really need to antagonise someone. Well, it's because I watched this film... I'm not a big rom-com guy. I'm not a big chick flick guy. And I think what's happened is, we've watched chick flicks in the past on this show, and... I've empathized with these women, with these people, with these characters. Like, we did Bride Wars, both of which they were both terrible people on levels, but they overcame that. And what I felt happened in this movie was I didn't feel like Lake Bell overcame that too much. It was more like Eva Longoria just decided that she should change her mind. Like that. Like, oh, well, now that my dead ghost wife says it's okay, I guess it's it's fine. Like, that kind of thing. It felt like that to me. And I guess that's what I don't like about Lake Bell. I didn't feel like she solved the situation on her own like she should have. A movie should like this should have ended with Lake Bell pursuing Paul Rudd, not the other way around. I guess, but it was kind of her making up for what she did in the first place, which was to break them up. I reckon it's realistic that she doesn't do it properly. Like, you know, if she needs help to sort of get to Paul Rudd. Yeah, right. What's with this movie magic stuff? You know, this is real life. Yeah. She's not... She doesn't need to be perfect. I mean, she she has flaws. I know, but I I think the movie... how else will she I think what would have made me swallow this more would have been, instead of Paul Rudd pursuing... Flaws. Flaws. 
pursuing... I'm not whispering to you, Reese, anymore. Oh, okay. I would have liked it better if Lake Bell solved the terrible situation which she created instead of Evil Longoria getting Paul Rudd to solve it, to get over it, to chase her to the airport. I think it would have been better if Evil, if Evil Longoria got Lake Bell to overcome whatever and actually do it. That's just me, you know. I, I Because... She, because um... Lake Bell's more the main character. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I am antagonizing Lake Bell. I like her. I think she's comedic. I think her character's great. I just think it's the writing device of doing the liar revealed thing that makes me want to antagonize her because without, if we remove the liar reveal, it would have actually been a better story. And whole- I think it makes her character more despicable than. I think the writers intended. But the whole idea of the protagonist is that they're standing in the way of the protagonist. So by that, you'd be saying that Eva Longoria is the protagonist, but she isn't in the film you know, enough. Enough, I don't but think. The, yeah, exactly. But there's that thing of having a, a protagonist that isn't a good person. Yeah, like a villain antagonist or anti hero. Yeah. Or, or, and that's what I'm saying. Look. This film is an unappreciated masterpiece. I think the writing is top notch. I know I'm doing a lot of complaining. I'm doing a lot of antagonizing. It's thinking. This is what I'm thinking about. And I like Lake Bell. I think she really is great in this movie. But there are times in which you can have, and it, you could say poorly written or misguided, but you can have leading protagonists that are bad people and they aren't. Protagonist doesn't mean good, and antagonist doesn't mean bad. Exactly. There's one's trying to progress to something, and the other's stopping that person. That's the relationship. And she's not... But the one we follow is the protagonist. Yeah, exactly. And Lake Bell isn't an anti-hero. I'm not saying that. She's just not a good person. And I think this film needed a good person or at least for me that's why i relate to evil longoria far more because i felt like evil longoria is a good person like in regards to yeah, we, we like keep bringing good and bad into it but i think they're just you know normal people really that are just thrust into something really big yeah but that's the thing we're also watching a movie at the same time so i have to and it's also a movie where ghosts exist <laughs> so I have uh, to say that Lake Bell is a terrible individual, and that's, for me, what makes this an unappreciated masterpiece. There's, there comes a line in which, in a comedy, you can only have your main character be so terrible. Like, a great comedy in which you have a main character who does write a terrible line is Meet the Parents. Ben Stiller in that movie is a terrible individual, but he's also a good person because the antagonist is more of a terrible person. But the problem here is... A uh, so-called antagonistic figure, which is Eva Longoria, is too nice of a person, or at least too tragic of a person. Tragic, I give you. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say tragic. She died on her wedding day. Yeah, but it was sort of like you know, oh, she's being a, a little bit over the top. So. Could I just say, with the whole idea of tragedy, it's kind of like an inevitable conclusion. I think what Ryan means when he says tragic is that because she was so you know stressed and pedantic and running everywhere, and because she wanted perfection, you know, she didn't want the not fat guy Steve Root was his name Stephen Root she didn't want Stephen Root Bill to run over her flowers so she went as far as to run right behind the car 
and that ended up, you know, being her death because of how she was. That's why it was a tragic death. The flood of Icarus. Yeah. And I think the thing too is the it's real perfect. antagonistic figure in all of this is Stephen Root. He's a terrible person and he just gets to go to heaven because he told her what to do. The angel should have done that. And that's like his redemption is, eh, you have to do this. All right, I'm off to heaven. He didn't even say that he was sorry about killing her or anything. Like, he never really felt like... And I love Stephen Root. And I saw his name in the title. I'm like, oh, yay! And he was doing a weird Christopher Walken accent for this movie. I don't know why. And I felt like this was. movie was too short. I'm, I, you know, I'm giving a lot, of, a lot of harsh things towards this. But that's because I love it so much. I want mm. more from it. And that's why it is an unappreciated masterpiece. Because it just falls that little bit... A little bit short of being a recognized masterpiece. And I think that's it. If this movie was, say, 20 minutes longer and you had more of Steven Root with him having a redemption arc, a mini story in the background, it would make it more... He's got, like, three appearances in this film, yeah. Yeah, and one of them is where he kills her. One of them is where he's a ghost, but he seems drunk. Yeah. And then the other is him getting redemption just because he told her what to do, which is the angel's job, because I his think. his mission was easy, yeah. Yeah. I think that's my problem. I think Eva Longoria is a tragic figure because she doesn't really get a resolution that I think she should get. Like, she does. It's very sad when she gets her resolution. But at the same time, here's something I want to pitch to you yeah. about this. The end of the movie, Eva Longoria lets them get together. She's there at the wedding day. She's very upset watching it. And she walks out and she kind of smiles, kind of doesn't. And then she disappears to heaven. Or so we think. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, let's yeah. just leave it there. I, I, yeah. I, I want to talk about that end cut scene, which I, I think really detracts from the film. It was a good but, game. But she goes to heaven. And the thing I want to say to you is, did you think she was happy? I think it was that thing. I don't of... think she was personally happy. I think she was happy for Henry, mm. but not herself. I think she really, she was like... Maybe I can still get with him, but that's not going to happen because I'm dead. So yeah. I've just got to be happy for Henry. That's, that's That was I... more or less what I was going to say. You know, the my beloved is happy. That's my motivation. Yeah. And but I'm personally, I wish it could be different. And that's what I think Which tragedy, makes yeah. me feel for Eva Longoria more than the stuff that Lake Bell goes through. When Lake Bell does these things, I like. I love Lake Bell in this movie, don't, but it's just Eva Longoria, something to it where... You make that comparison to Ghost. In Ghost, he doesn't get with his girl, but they both end happily. Like, he's happy that she... And he is happy. Not that he is happy for her, but he himself is happy that he solved this. He himself is this. And I felt like Evil Longoria's character might have needed that. And that's why I feel for her so much, because she didn't get that resolution. She didn't even get a real uh, apology or, uh, or a form of guilt from Stephen Root. And then this woman here is using is using really morally duplicitous way to engage with uh, Paul Rudd. So that's why I'm like, yeah, damn straight you should haunt this bitch. She's a not... You know, she is using certain things to get at your fiancé. I know that you're dead and all, but like... This woman is probably not the best person for him, to be honest. I will definitely say that at the end of the movie, 
you mentioned that a lot of the criticism for Evelyn Goro is that she's bitchy and all that, right? Mm. Definitely at the end of the movie, she drops all that. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't yeah, really attitude, complain yeah. about her there. She definitely does change at the end. Yeah. I think so. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I really feel like I had to dig deep into the negatives there for me. You know, I think these are the things that... And I think the thing, too, is with Eva Longoria, to chat about her, she's a TV actress. Mm-hmm. She's a TV actress. That and, might be why I'm not too familiar with her. And she has something that I like to call the Friends Syndrome, in which she was in a TV show, Desperate Housewives for her, and Jennifer Aniston was in the TV show Friends. Yes. And the thing about both of them is they're both actresses that have done films during their TV shows and after, and they still don't seem right when you see them in a movie. Like, there's something that disconnects when you see Eva Longoria and Jennifer Aniston in a film. And that applies with most of the cast of Friends, where you see Joey in Lost in Space, and you're oh. like, why your TV actor, your TV actor... But no, that's what I'm saying. When you see him in films, and there's that thing where Eva Longoria, where I think a lot of people came into this with that negative criticism, where they're like, where they know Eva Longoria, but she's a TV actress in a film, and it seems kind of weird. And it can be like that, too, in the reverse, where Brad Pitt appears in Friends, and it's kind of like, oh, it's cool that you're in this, but you're a movie actor. Why are you in this? Yeah. I remember a few years ago when Neil Patrick Harris was hosting the Oscars, um, I was the one that told my mum about it, and she was like, what? But he's a TV actor. What's he doing there? Exactly, I, and I think that's the friend he's, syndrome. He's also done Broadway stuff, so it's kind of odd you put him in like a film situation. I mean, he was in my favourite uh, war movie of all time, Starship, Starship Troopers. Troopers. Uh, so he's a film actor. <laughs> and he was in my favourite buddy movie of all time, Harold and Kumar. Harold and Kumar get White Castle. Uh, yeah, Smurfs with Brendan... Smurfs 2 with Brendan Gleeson. Um, this actor here... Ah, yes. Do we know who he is by any chance? No, but I do know he, he does a very typical, ter- st- stereotypical Irish priest. Well, oh, this actor here is uh, famous. He's a very prolific actor. He's a father of an actor who appears in the TV show Supernatural. Mm-hmm. Uh, Derek Piccadilly? Mark Shepard. Oh. Who? Mark Shepard. Who? He plays one of the demons. The main demon that they have. Ah, uh, never mind. Gone. And he's also in Firefly and stuff like that. He's in everything. Okay. And he's in X-Files. And this is his father. And I've seen him in lots of stuff, mainly uh, sci-fi. And it was really nice to see him in this movie. I was like, oh, he's still around. and He's he, got a good presence. And that voice. It's the voice. And you know what I liked about him? He was nice. He, he usually plays antagonistic nice. figures, but it's really nice to see also that she's a proud Catholic girl, and it's not like a big deal. Like she doesn't go to church, but she's still a Catholic girl deep down, even though she's psychic. And I find it great that him as a representation of the Catholic Church isn't doing the typical "you're psychic, get out, blasphemy." He's progressive, but he's progressive, and he's like, "Yeah, sure, I hope you do this exorcism." Like he doesn't question it. Like he he does by just saying. Attend church. And that's about it. But I really enjoyed having them actually try to exercise her as well. It was it was kind of mm. neat to see. Yeah. So, Bartek, there's a lot of things that happen in this movie. You know, there's exorcisms, there's gay reveals. Because also, we'll be on- no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Because I was sitting here going, oh, Jason Biggs is her boyfriend. 
oh okay and then he's oh, and the then she's like scene. and then for the first few scenes and then she's like ah oh, it's great to have a gay friend and I'm like oh, he's gay actually yes that happened yeah, to me, that happened to me <laughs> so too. it was a gay reveal I was like, oh, reveal. He's gay. I was like oh these are this is a wacky couple and then gay reveal and then dun 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 straight reveal hmm. it was a twist and a turn to say the least well, uh, I mean if you twist something you could probably straighten it again not always not always it might still I said probably and then you know, I, 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 I think there's a lot of things going on. What was some of the major twists and turns that really took you for a loop, Bartek? I think the straight reveal. Thanks, Bartek. Uh, Reese, what were some of the twists and turns that took you for a loop? I think one of the... Thanks, Reese. Bartek, <laughs> what was one of the things that took you for a loop? Yeah. Yes. Well, no, okay. I agree. <laughs> no, okay, let's be serious. Bartek, what did take you for a loop? What did surprise you or twist that you didn't see coming in this? Twist that I didn't see coming? Um, you know what? Probably nothing too major. I, I suppose how quick they were to date other people after they were, you know, <laughs> yeah. broken apart. That's might be the only thing. I mean, I, I was really more along for the ride of, like, the comedy. So when they, you know, started dating other people, I'm like, oh, that's a bit fast. Can we go back to, like, wacky things? Like, there was that funny scene where uh, Paul Rudd was walking with that one girl making his old, uh, you know, cat owner jokes. They're crazy. And yeah, they are. They it. are crazy. Well, we're not yeah. crazy. <laughs> we're not crazy. Yeah, Ryan. We're not crazy. I hate cats. Why do you hate cats? Because they suck. Wait, Ryan. What do you mean they suck? Oh, Reese, let's, let's give him the test. All right. Go for it. Meow, 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 meow. Ah, Detective Mittens, you're on the case. Mm, he might like cats, Reese. He might be lying. I thought I would have seen you as a um, as a cat person, right? I think you would have. I think Reece, I'm a literal dog man. Reece, half him, man, half dog. Reese, give him the second test question. Wow, well, that makes a lot of sense. Cats do suck, I agree. What's your analysis on that, Reese? I, I, I was simply saying to Ryan that he needs to discombobulate this sort of attitude towards cats. And I did. Discombobulate? Yeah. What does that mean? Duplicitous discombobulator? Wait, no, discombobulate means disconnect, doesn't it? No. Something uh, like that. Oh. So, you know, this this Evil and Gray character had dogs as well, so that's why I connect with her. Because <laughs> she had dogs. Her last one was called Buffy, as in the Vampire as in, Slayer. As in the Vampire Slayer. Oh, we had the wrong guest. Yeah. We should have got Buffy. You're right. We should have gotten Sam again. We should have got Sarah Michelle Geller to review this movie with us. So the twists and turns, not too many for Bartek. You know, you were shocked by the straight reveal, as was I, and the gay reveal. I uh, was too. Yeah, both yeah. surprised me. And I, and one of them wasn't even meant to be a reveal. Yes, that's true. I was very surprised by. Um, how the use of the bird came into play several times. Like I was surprised the bird could speak that much. You know what they say, you introduce a bird in the first act, you've got to have him used in the third act. You know, it's Chekhov's bird. Hold on, um, did the bird have a name? Uh, um, not that I've no, seen yet. I think it was okay. the bird. That was his name, the bird. Yeah, not, not that it's a big deal or anything, but before the episode started, we were confused about that. I thought he had a name for some reason. I thought he was, like, named Bird, but I... At one I, point I, you thought it was Dan, but then that's Jason <laughs> Biggs' character, I think? He looks like a Dan. human bird, doesn't he? 
No, I'm kidding. Well, the bird, That's the bird Lake Bell. I remember I looked up his Wikipedia page and it said that he, even though he's not Jewish, he keeps getting cast as Jewish people. The he's bird. not Jewish. Oh. No, he's not Jewish. Oh. Wait, wait. Was this on Wikipedia? Yeah. Oh, he looked on Wikipedia and it said that they had Owen Wilson in this movie. So I don't think... Fun fact, Wikipedia is not the most wait, reliable source of information. Wait, I thought Reese said IMDb. No, I said uh, Wikipedia. Oh, bullshit. Bullshit! Wait, I mean, to, no. be, to be fair... Hi, Henry! To be fair, I mean, either way, even IMDb was wrong about um, the tuxedo. Yeah, it said it had Bill Murray it? in it, but it was actually Colin Mockery. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... How could you get something so wrong? Because they look so similar. No, they don't. You haven't seen them, then. I um, So, back I to have... this film. Oh. Over Her Dead Body came out in 2008. That was nine years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It was before Final Fantasy Thirteen. It's before. Ah, so this was the role that got that yeah. woman the role in Final Fantasy Yeah, it was 13. like a year or two later. Was Final Fantasy Thirteen a good game? It's very pol- like polarising, controversial. Some people liked it. I think most Final Fantasy fans did not like it. Oh. I liked it. We got two sequels, and I like them too. Well, Final Fantasy is not my style game. I'm not into the J- JRPGs. Mm. They're all too can- too much. It's okay, Ryan. Back in our um, Agent Cody Banks two episode, we made a joke about Keith David being good at Final Fantasy three. That made me smile. Why'd you make that joke? Because it's not a joke. It was just a true statement. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> The, the, now, the veteran actor Keith David being a good... Uh, Reese, you've yes. had seeds in the eye before. I've had, what? So, yeah. <laughs> Go on, yes. If you put a seed in a human's eye, will it grow? No, it will not. Unless you're in a Terrence Malick. But isn't it watered? <laughs> what? The seed, isn't it got plenty of water? You mean the, you mean the eye has plenty of water? Yeah, exactly. But the seed would have been Yeah, but the seed the seed would, would be watered. The seed would not grow unless it's a Terence Malick film. No, I'm I'm being real here. Stop using your artsy film references. Terence so- Malick is not artsy, he's a bit up himself, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that there is apparently a difference between artsy and artsy? That's why we call you spin. What? Punch. What did I say? There's no difference between being artsy and being up yourself. I, I just like you know judgmental you were like he's up. No, up. look, I watched Tree of Life at like eleven Which, o'clock at night. Wait, 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 wait. Are you telling me the Tree of Life is not an artsy movie? It is. Are an, you in a different universe than where we are? It's an artsy hello, film. Hello, but... different universe, Reese. In your universe, did Hitler win by any chance? No, and made no, sure that no, Terrence no. Malick didn't create no, artsy no movies? No win Hitler, nay. I'm simply saying that I've no, heard a story... No, Hitler is not a winner. I'm simply saying that Terrence Malick has had a reputation for being a little bit too, you know... That's it. I'm annoyed at you already. What? What are those? Yeah, it's I know true. he's up himself, it's but true. he's artsy. It's like saying, you know, David Lynch. Yeah, yeah. he's not an artsy director in he's, any way. He's he's, he's, a, he's a very generous person, David Lynch. I think what Reese is saying is that if he had to assign an adjective to Terrence Malick, he would rather put something along the lines of up himself rather. Like he would rather put several words instead of just one clear defining word that, that like pretentious would cons. be a good one, and they all fall under artsy. They don't really fall under artsy. You could be artsy and be a generous person like David Lynch. I mean, look, wait, wait. Are you not... telling me? Are you telling me that Terrence Malick is not a generous? What do you mean by that? He made a fucking film that people love. At least loved. People love Tree of Life. Are you serious? 
Just because you didn't love it doesn't mean that it's not generous to someone else. No, you know, this is kind of familiar because I didn't like 2001 A Space Odyssey. And that's one of the best films of all time. Hideo Kojima, it's one of his favourites. I, I just... Steven Spielberg, one of his favourites. I just don't get Scorsese it. Scorsese loves... It's because you're not a generous person. I am a generous person. Like... So, talking about generosity... Um, I was going to say something earlier that Reese interrupted, which was if you plant a seed in someone's eye, yeah, the eye this. will have enough water to keep that seed hydrated, and the sun would be hitting your eye. Mm-hmm. And the soil would put it in place, yes. You can grow things from human flesh. Flesh, Ryan? Yeah. Does the eyeball count as flesh? No, not really. Organic it's... matter. Sorry. Let's be pedantic. Artsy. He's more up himself. Oh, You're right. Okay. So it is pretty artsy. So you know what I mean? Eye. Like, I think you could grow something from the human eye. Like a seed. I think Ryan's a bit up himself right now. No, I've never said Ryan was up himself. I think he's being more artsy. Uh, really. I was making a joke at Ryan. Why are you getting offended? Excuse, <laughs> no. me. Excuse me, this is not a comedy podcast. This is a serious film discussion podcast. And we're missing the emotional moment in which she's shown to be clearly schizophrenic. Reese, let's make fart noises. Hey, this film is above that. It only does it for five minutes and it does all the farts that were used in Thunderpants. In five minutes, okay? Thunderpants used the fart noises better than it did for this scene. Excuse, excuse me. I know that. But this film, unlike Thunderpants, which was an hour and a half long fart movie, this film got that entire movie of farts and compressed it into five minutes, making many, it efficient. How many was Thunderpants? 30 or 50? Was it was 55. 50, 55? Right. And this probably has 105 farts. All in this one sequence. That's exactly that. She looks like she's ready to be a butch lesbian mountain. What? Like a mountain lady who's really butch Ma- lesbian? Ma- no, she kind of looks more like a Swedish woman, a Swedish mountain woman. All oh, right, do you always have to contradict what I have to say? No, no, like, I was just saying. Like, what I'll I was be like, just this. hey, right, hey, Buttock, that's Lake Bell. Ah, actually, that's more Bell Lake, if anything, right? You know, you can be in that. Well, no, I'm just range. saying she looks like she's about to you know, okay. chop wood. She looks like, you know, like. That's what I just said. She's going to go up to the mountain and chop some wood. I don't know why you guys are getting this whole like chopping wood thing. I just think she looks like you know mountain girl. She's no, like, it's singing a little song. It's, it's mountain it's, girl. Yeah, it's but like the way she the, has her hair. Not and, the like, butch thing. Like you know, she's a, like a milkmaid, or like she's gonna go up and sing about trees or what's something. A milkmaid. <laughs> Where did that come from? What are you? What about thing, Reese? No, no, no. What milk? Mi- oh, I can't say it. Milkmaid. Milkmaid. <laughs> milkmaid. <laughs> Look it up, Reese. It's a thing. <laughs> You know, milkmaid. I'm not. Real. I'm not fucking around. Milkmaid. He's not playing your trumpet here. I, it's real. <laughs> I, I will look it up. It's later. just my, breakfast. My phone is turned off. So I mean, we have to give him that. His phone is turned off. Also, the film's muted for us, but I think we're in the fart bit. Yeah, she's still. Yeah, in the room. I didn't get the, the farting. I was just like, "What's going on? Why?" Are there I like how noises? Blake Bell is smart enough not to figure out that it's clearly Eva Longoria, the woman who's haunting her. Uh, <laughs> hold on. Reese, did you say you were confused by it? Yeah, because it was just farting noises, and I just didn't get what was going on. Why were there she farting? She thought Paul Rudd was farting Yeah, but, a lot, like, it so... didn't explain, like, why they were farting I guess noises. that is a conveyance thing. Like, is Paul Rudd being, you know, casual, or is he, like... I mean, ob- obviously, I was, like, Ryan. I thought it was Eva Longoria. I, I, I know, I knew it was Eva Longoria. I did, too, but, I mean... I just couldn't figure out why Lake Bell couldn't figure that out. We just didn't have that whole 100% conveyance thing. I guess is the thing. Which, that's a disconnect about films. You don't have all the senses. 
Like, is I there... could taste this one though. Like, would the way she was behaving, could she smell it oh, as well? We don't know. No, she was just like, alrighty. But yet again, we don't know how much Eva Longoria's powers communicate across. Like, she can play with visuals we've seen, and she can, and she didn't even know that she could. And she can play with like audio stuff, making herself sound like she's on a microphone, making herself sound like she's several feet away making sounds of other things like knockings and all that so it's kind of like can she also affect smell and taste and touch mm-hmm. probably because she can't interphysically touch people but could she make them feel a breeze well, and the answer is yes because she she strokes paul rudd's face and he kind of feels it you know so it's kind of like Ooh, yeah so she could have like seriously fucked up lake bell and with with the thing with the criticisms one might have about Eva Longoria being you know annoying in certain scenes, you know obviously trying to get under uh, Lake Bell's skin, um, not literally, not literally. Well, it, it's a we don't know if the possession of people. Yeah, happen. I really thought that was going to actually play into it at one point. I thought, oh, she's just going to walk into it and possess Lake Bell to be an idiot. Yeah, but but this film is a brave film because the thing about. It is Reese. Oh. The thing about I'm glad that cleared it up. The thing about this film is that, or actually in general, is if you do something annoying, like make a lot of noise, even if it's ironic and meant to be targeted at other people, the fact still remains that it is annoying. So this film is asking a lot of its audience to, hey guys, we know this is annoying. You know, we're annoying her. It might actually annoy you too. You're not, obviously not trying to have a romantic clothes on kissing with people in beds right now you're watching a film no if it's a chick flick and you're watching it at home on your laptop and you and you have a girlfriend or boyfriend or respective partner this film will get you laid true but this film was theatrically released so we can't say that that wasn't fully the intention hey people have sex in cinemas true but that's not part of the rules nah no that's why you break the rules you don't have sex Ryan the film (laughs) oh Reese. You don't have sex in the cinema. No, That's just, an official the guideline. Don't it's have been sex. indecent. When, when the stuff in the hey, film itself can... Pee Wee Herman himself... He masturbated, leave him alone. It gave self-love? Yeah, but that was a porn cinema, wasn't it? Maybe, but it was. it's still a cinema. Look, what I'm saying here is that the film can break rules, but it, it assumes that its audience are following its audience rules. When the audience breaks the rules, like for example, with me being on the laptop chatting to my friend while watching it, you know that that I'm, I'm, I'll admit that wasn't the greatest thing I could do. But it's a rule that the film doesn't want to be broken. It oh. expects of me to watch it. Yeah, and, you and I didn't miss anything. I'll give I'll say that. But you know there are certain rules that the film expects of you. It's like remember Reese when we watched. Um, planes, trains, and automobiles at Aye. our friend Miguel's house. I yeah. love that film. A certain friend, a certain friend of ours would not shut up during the whole yeah. film. He kept commenting on the dumbest things, and then eventually, late in the film, he he was silent for a second. He's like, you know what? I actually kind of like this film. Yeah, I hate people like that. Yeah. And that's what this film's audience had. People like that. This film's audience at the time were people like, why is Paul Rudd in this and not in, like, you know, the next Seth Rogen, uh, Judd Apatow movie, man? Like, he, why is he doing some really good acting instead of just being a douche? Like, well, 
He's not really a douche in this film. He's, he's kind of like... No, straight... I said in this he's doing good acting yeah. instead of being a douche in a Judd Apatow movie. Well, he's, he doesn't really play a douche in a Judd Apatow movie. Oh, okay. So a 40-year-old virgin, he was a nice guy. Yeah, he tried to get the guy laid. He was trying to do him a favor. Yeah, he was a douche. Uh, and then, oh, oh yeah, no, sure. Well, like, yeah, man, you know, like... That ex- it explains so much for his Ryan never tries to get people laid. Yeah, and I'm a good guy. I don't want to get you two guys laid. If you're going to do it right here on the table, uh, well, we could... Well, apparently if you can do it in a theatre, yeah. why not in this lounge It's room? a good table, Ryan. I don't well, want This to is it. being recorded. Innocent children might be able to hear this, even though it's got the illicit content warning on it. But, like, they hey, might it's be... It's okay. I mentioned that it was clothes on kissing on a bed. All right. Well, that's fine. I thought... But you don't know what Reese is going to get up to. He yeah, might get handsy. This table He is might a whip table. something out. It's a good table. I'm not going to touch it. Five stars. Uh, five what? star table. Five star table. Yeah. So if you out have to ten. give it a rating. No, out of five. Oh, it's a five out of five table. Wait, what's him? Why are you questioning? All right, all right. Let's start. Today? Let's start again, Reese. If you had to give it a rating, what would you give it? The table. Yes. A rating of your choice. Four out of five. Well, that's pretty low. Yeah. That's a good score. It's pretty low. It's a pretty good score. It's, it's very low. Baltic is out that of not ten. A... Wait, I thought this was out of five. Oh, so it is out of five. Yes. Oh, I, I, I was using my common sense and saying it was ten, even though you said four out of five. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm broke. <laughs> no, you're I rich mean, because you're watching look, if this we, movie if we, over her dead body. Ryan, if we scaled it up to like four billion out of five billion, that's still a whole billion points. Well, that's gone. that's right. So, you know, that's that's pretty good. Make it four billion and one, Reese. Okay, four billion point one. Out of five billion. No, 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 no. Four billion and one. Uh, four billion and one out of five billion. Yes. So, that's pretty low. That's... No, out of five billion. That's, that's pretty, pretty low out of ten billion. That's still five... That's, you know, still <laughs> nineteen... Oh, wait, wait, guys, guys. Straight reveal just oh, happened. Oh, yes. Now... What? I'm gonna, She's standing up straight? I've been saving this. I've mentioned it briefly, but okay. Jason Biggs is straight in this movie, and he's pretended to be gay for five years. Could you ever forgive someone like that? I I just I'm just like I'm surprised he put it up for five years. Yeah, and well, well, he clearly had to break at some point, but he did it in the but privacy of his own in years. the privacy of his own porno cinema. He jerked one off. Like, I just I just don't understand. Five years and he hasn't like broken. Like you know, he hasn't it's, like said to himself, "I've had enough. I've got to tell." Reese, it's straight. because he has strong will. He would be a great Green Lantern. He had uh, <laughs> Jason Biggs, the next Green Lantern. He, even Please. when even earlier when Lake Bell was asking him if her ass looked big, you know, he made a funny you know remark. And he didn't even look at it. No, I think he did, but he made like just a funny remark, like, "Oh, I've still got this peripheral mm. vision." I thought that, that was one of the things I laughed at. Yeah, you know, I I don't know how to feel about the straight reveal. It's it's another layer on the duplicitous nature that this film has about its characters. On the other hand, though, you could argue that you know he's not a very uh, strong character in the what's the word I'm looking for in the sense of. What story? He 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 doesn't feel like he's that yeah. know, confident of a character. So I I guess he was he confident felt... enough to keep up a persona for five years. Yeah, that's pretty strong. Mm. That's a strong thing, and also he's her best friend. So it's it's 
Yeah, yeah it's pretty bad. True, but, but she did kind of trigger it, I guess. Yeah, but he could have just, you know, not followed. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. Not followed. Like the fo- well, he made the choice to be gay, pretend to be gay. She didn't, you know what I mean? She just assumed he was gay. But he could have spoken up, on, up yeah. about it. He, she didn't pick up on some things. Maybe he would have been looking at her. He's her fit. Yeah, that's pretty good. He's pretty good. He's not as Jason Biggs as you would like, but he's pretty good. Would she have been... Well, when I say interested, I mean in a friend's sense. Would she have been interested in him in any way if he wasn't gay? I think If she possibly. wasn't under the impression? Well, it's hard to say, isn't it? We live in the universe in which he lied, and it's unfortunate. She does make that statement, I just wanted a gay friend. I just wanted to cry on my gay friend. It's like, well, yeah. you know, you don't necessarily have to cry on your gay friend. You can cry to you. sure you want to go? You know, a shrink is a person you go to, Bartek, and you mm-hmm. tell your problems to. It doesn't necessarily have to be your why go-to Why can't she just friend. go to her Catholic priest? Yeah, why not, Bartek? <laughs> yeah. There are all other Catholic priests that she could cry on. On the, on and on the way here, Reese, you know, we talked about this scene, and Reese mentioned the whole thing. He he said psychologist, mm. cuddle, up, and I was just saying cuddle up to your psychologist. I, okay, I, I didn't know. I didn't mention to cuddle up to your psychologist. That's like another rom com idea, basically. Yeah, that's called Look, Hannibal I, Lecter. I was just stuck. Lover, on... <laughs> father, brother, eater. See, you jumped to Hannibal Lecter. I was jumping to the room psychologist. And I'm like, yeah, always playing psychologist with us. Yeah, Peter. I was just imagining, you know, cuddling up to that man. I would. Now, see, here's another thing in which we have another character that we haven't talked about much. The sister. She's also a terrible individual. <laughs> she steals cats. She steals well, private diaries. What? It's a stray cat. So no, it not... isn't. Did you not watch the film? It's a stray cat. It's her neighbor's cat. Reese, it's wearing a collar. it's her neighbor's cat watch the scene and watch how you realize she stole her neighbor's cat she said it then okay (laughs) your neighbor let you borrow it no you stole it oh my god reese did you actually finish this movie i did it's just that so reese are you feeling less bored by the movie now yes is it engaging you physically mentally psychically spiritually that cat has a leash actually you should never put a leash on a cat why but she doesn't. She just carries it around. Yeah, but you don't have a le- need to have Wait, a leash. Wait, doesn't have a, it? Just has a collar. Well, I just saw more. Like, oh, it does yeah, have a leash. It, it does have a leash. I don't know why. I like how she flipped out. Cats always lean on their feet, lady. Isn't that right, Bartek? As a cat owner, you've asked me this already. I said no. Yeah, they do no, land they always feet. land on their feet. No, Ryan once asked me. You've done it before, right? And I said you've no. dropped your cat. No, I haven't. On accident? No, it jumps out. I've dropped my cat, accidentally. Course. I've never dropped it on purpose. Oh come on! You never just grabbed it and just went boop and let You're it go onto its feet. Lift it up in the air and just randomly off you go. But it lands on his feet. It doesn't yeah, get it, injured. It does, I'm not saying you that know, you drop it off a nine-story building. I'm just I, saying I've, you drop it off like I've, thirty centimeters off the ground. I mean, it's my cat. It's like that whole trusting. Mm. Fall, I will catch you. And the cat will trust you if you drop it because no, it knows what? that it will what? land it's, on its feet. It's a cat. It's a cat. You're holding it. It will know that it will land on its feet. It's a cat. 
Yeah, you're right. Cats are dicks. You're not really making a good yes. argument well, for not, cats. I'm not saying that your cat's a dick. Look, about it's dick. not like I'm going to go up to a black belt and punch him just because I know he's going to block it. Because that's rude. That's but if nice. you're in a, if you're in a dojo and that's the whole point. Well, that's different, Ryan. <laughs> you can't you can't go up to a cat and say, "Okay, we're having an understanding. I'm going to pick you up and I am going to drop you." But you that's but that. if you do that enough, that could be the playful relationship between you and a cat. It's not like it's, if you walk up to no, a cat. No, right. If that's the case, if you train to do that, then it still starts with that whole, you know, distrusting. It's but, like the liar revealed, except with being a dick. But, but you are assuming that there's a level of mistrust there. If you build up the trust of you're going to drop well, it, not, so that... No, it, if you don't it, want to say mistrust, you have that instant fear of it. Okay, so, so you're saying people who train animals to do tricks are just liars to their animals. You're like, all right, this guy is going to make this dog, dog do a jump. But, ooh, he had to force it to do that. Terrible. Ryan... It's a cat. It can. It, it knows we're dicks for some reason. Right, a dog. Cats are dicks. Right, no, that trick right there is the dog doing its own thing. This cat thing relies on you picking it up. Because and cats like, are okay, fucking I'm being, <laughs> I'm being picked up right now. It's holding me. I'm gonna be up here until it lets me down. Oh and shit! Then you let it, it just down. let me go. Even though I landed on my feet, I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. I didn't like See, it. See, a dog just dropped right there. And it doesn't land on its feet. Dogs Hold don't on, land Reece, on their Reece, feet. You're not helping this. <laughs> 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 He's like, you know, dogs always know to land on their feet. Reese, you know I'm on your side. You're on my side. <laughs> you know that one episode of The Simpsons where they have puppies and then she keeps dropping it and just keeps landing on his back because Bart's proving a point that cats are the this ones. Is, that, this is being like, a conflict. I'm never on anyone's side. I think I'm Reece, on... you just you just turn code without intending to. It's like, no, no, you're wrong. I'm going to shoot my ally. No, Reese, that's not what you do. <laughs> But I love it. We're not talking about the movie. We're talking about cats being dicks. And we're, I like how you're both man. agreeing with me on a level. But you're we're like, just, but it's the seeing, trust of the owner. We're your point, but it's we don't just, agree with it you. It seems like you've had this argument before. Have we you? have this because it's like... Not to this level. <laughs> you own a pet, right? Yeah. How long have you owned this cat? Bate? Uh, <laughs> 14 years now. So when you were a small child. Uh-huh. I mean, I was 10. All right, all right. Did you have a cat before that? No. So it was your first pet and your only one? Apart from fish, yeah. Fish hunt pets. They are pets. Oh, fuck you. It's fucking... Fish always land on their fins. They do, technically. <laughs> no, they don't land on anything. They're always in water, so you Not can't... if you pick them up out of the water yeah, but they... and drop them back in. Yeah, and Careful, then he might betray s- you. <laughs> You pick them up and you throw them back in and they swing no, you back into the ocean. you throw a fish back in. You place yeah, you it back in. You always throw a fish you back in. Now you who's throw, the monster? You throw oh, a fish back but in and see it what swims. Happens? It see doesn't what land see, on anything. Now you're, now you're making mistrust happen between you and the no, fish. I'm not making the mistrust fish, happen. The fish I'm is so tiny when you hold it in your hands. It's shaking with fear. And then you you fucking pelt it back into the water like a cunt. And then it swims back in the ocean. I mean, if you're pelting it, that's a problem. But if you just like, and I'm not pelting a cat. I'm gently dropping it, and it lands on its feet yeah, because but that's it's on, a feline. Yeah, but with, that's on purpose, though. Like you just, and you're you, dropping a fish in the water on purpose. Yeah, but then if you drop a fish in the water, it just happily swims into and the ocean. And a cat, when you drop it on the ground, drops on the ground and just casually walks away. It's not like it drops on the you're ground an and then, and then well, squeals you know, like, in what pain. If the, what if the cat like, has a broken you? leg? It won't well, I'm not dropping crippled cats, am I? <laughs> you're make- See what you're doing, Reese. See what you're doing. 
Now Reese is turning on you and me. And I'm himself. not turning. Excuse I'm just me, excuse me, because this is what he does. I said a cat, and Reese hears my argument, and he's yours, and then he doesn't even know he's anymore, and then he has to go like this. Well, if the cat was crippled, Ryan, I'm like, well, I didn't make it that. You made it that. See, you have to make expectations different what to saying, what you're saying. I think what Reese is saying is like. You gotta make sure. Yeah, I think you know if you have a crippled cat and a non-crippled cat. I think you, as an owner of a cat, would know if your cat was crippled. That was the point. Oh my god. <laughs> like I'm not saying. Okay. I'm not saying. Oh, you know, you know, all cats land on their feet, especially the crippled ones. I've been testing it. Like I just grab cats with broken legs and just drop them and make sure they land on their feet. I'm saying you just grab an average cat. Not all cats. Not your average cat. Is disabled. Yes. Well, that's. Hey, it's even rude. There he is. <laughs> oh, fat guy. Right. Can you not? We've white? moved on. Can you not? White's a slimming color. What? White is a slimming color. Well, it's not a very good white then. No, he's just scrungy. Oh, you know what we like? They can change clothes. In this universe, as ghosts, like he she's looks... not always in her wedding dress. Yeah, he looks less like a hobo here too. Well, slightly. Like... I really like Still Steve. has that hobo look about him. He was in Idiocracy. Yeah, he was. was. He? he was yeah. the judge. Oh, okay. In that sequence, he's like, hey, boy! He's in all Mike I, Judge Yeah, things. Mike Judge, I was about to say. He, Office Space, King of the Hill, Idiocracy. The best film ever made is Idiocracy. Oh, we even talked about Luke Wilson. Oh, that's very oh, nice. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, you know. What the hell was that? It was a cat dropping on the ground. You can't do when, that, Ryan. When a cat drops on the ground, now they say, oh, wow. <laughs> you told me that you haven't dropped a cat on the ground. Oh, that's good. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, shit. I just yeah. got dizzy. Yeah. <laughs> and you know why? You don't know if a cat goes, oh, wow, when you drop it on the ground. Because you guys said if you've never dropped a cat on the ground. It's just come out of I your hands. I might have accidentally dropped a cat, but it certainly landed on its feet, so it's fine. And I'm saying when they land on their feet, when you drop them on purpose, they're fine, and they go, oh, wow, because they're fine. No, they don't. They don't. How do you know? And... How do you know? You just said you've only dropped them accidentally. They, they go, look, I just I then... just see it as a difference of me accidentally hitting you. Like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. And me going, yeah, I hit But you. here's the thing. Here's the thing. With certain animals, especially cats... They don't have the human qualities that we do. They are. They're still it's like you know, like you know, when you drop a cat, it's not gonna be like, it's not gonna like if you just drop a cat, like if you just have it there in your hands and you raise it like a foot off the ground and drop it, it lands on its feet. It's not gonna be like, oh my god, I can't believe Bartek, my owner, just dropped me right now. I am. Not gonna trust him ever again. I'm gonna yeah, remember this day right, for the you, dawn of that's time. That's the general behavior of cats sometimes. You know? But, Ryan, just but what you're getting there is that maybe it doesn't like that. Because that's what your argument is. But I mean, I can't make sure for certain that it doesn't like it or so, it likes but, it. But so why argue- am I gonna risk it? What do I have to gain? What is there to lose? Unless somehow the cat really enjoys it, which I don't think is going to be the case. But you, but most cats don't enjoy water, and yours does. At some point, you took the risk to find that out, even though there's nothing to gain. Technically, my mum did, but oh, what do you mean there's nothing to gain? There's nothing to gain to know if your cat likes or dislikes water. There's nothing to gain. It was a hot day. Fly me to the moon. Yeah, and what happens if your house is on fire oh, and you God. have to drop your cat out the window? Are you going to be like, well, the I'm cat not going to... has instincts, Ryan. It will run out the house. Excuse me. 
Are you telling me that there's never been an instance in which an animal has gotten trapped or lost in a situation like that, Reese? Oh, per- important plot point here. The, the bird, bird is speaking. Yeah, who cares about the bird? Oh. Right. It doesn't have a name. First of all, the problem here is that we can't open our windows. We only have, like... The ones that we can kind of open have fly screens in front of them. That's why you break the fly screen in emergencies. Yeah. Yeah, so you'd break is. it, and then you'd drop your cat out. See? 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 These, I mean, that situations are like... It's just like, oh, because I won't take the risk, that means there's nothing to gain. Well... Oh, well, what just because about? I don't you... know the earth isn't... Like, well, well, you because... talked about that whole thing of disabled cat, and now you put a fire there. Yeah, because my situation is different, because Reese was saying in one Well, shit, giant if I can get sentence... it out of a fire, I guess I would do it, but, I mean, I'm not going to just do it randomly. <laughs> but you were saying, I wouldn't do it, because there's nothing to risk and nothing to gain. It's like, whoa. Yeah. But my argument is the same. There's nothing to risk. And there's and there's no you know so why wouldn't I? I don't get your argument. My argument is if I can, why can't I? If there's nothing to risk, why can't I do it? Why can't I drop a cat, knowing for a fact that it will be fine because it will land on its feet. I mean, like that because that's what cats. Going do. back to me hitting you, it's not like you're gonna die or like you know. Not gonna live, but I'm not gonna do it because it's not. Yeah, you but know. you're saying that that's assaulting someone. That's giving them physical pain. I know, but it's still not like. But you're not physically but injuring not... a cat. You're yeah, but it's not something it wants to do. How do you know? As far as you're concerned. Why? Well, why would I assume that it would want that? And the, the fact is, you're saying you're want. projecting that cats have wants and desires other than warmth and food and water. And yeah, to go to the if, toilet. If That's you drop what it, they it's want. It's what it has to do. It has to land on its feet. It knows yeah. it can land. And on have its you feet. never, as a kid or any instance, <sighs> played with an animal or seen Shit. an animal to see its natural instinct reactions? Have you ever swatted a fly to see how it would react once it's been hit? Have you never flicked anything to see how it would react? Have you never, have you ever pushed pushed a dog away to see how it kind of skirt away? Have you never done any of those things? Before? Sorry, my nipples are getting itchy. Sorry. Don't scratch your nipples. No, they're just getting itchy. It's just getting out of hand. Have you never done those things? Maybe, but they're probably not my pets. Why does that make a difference? Well, I'm not living with them. Why does that make a difference? What are you trying to say? Why does it make a difference? What's the difference? Why does it matter? Give me an example, like of a thing. Why does it matter if you've done that? You've you've physically tested the in- instincts of other animals. It doesn't matter if they live with well, you or not. I wasn't torturing them right I'm not either. saying you're torturing them. I'm not saying that. I'm saying... <laughs> why does it matter to you so whether you live with the animal or not? So, for an example, pushing the dog. Yeah. So I push a dog because I want it to get away from me. Yeah, okay, yeah, sure. Or, say... And I'm not saying, like, you fucking push it, push it. Like, you just push it out of the way to get it... it like, yeah, get out of here. Yeah, yeah. like, like yeah. that. And, you know, dogs are kind of... It depends on the dog, but some dogs are real dopey and they'll kind of skid over and fall over. And they're not going to be like, that fucking cunt pushed me. <laughs> Unless it's already an antagonistic dog. Okay, so I push a dog away because I want it to get away from me. Yeah. I don't live with it, so if it doesn't want to get near me ever again, that's not going to really bother me. Yeah, but animals are not going <laughs> to... 
It's not going to be like that. You do know that they have memories. I know they have memories, but they don't have the concept necessarily as you would of right and wrong. When it push, when you push it out of the way, it's not going to say to itself, "He did that to be a jerk to me," or "He did that because he wanted me out of the way." It's going to be like, "He just did that. He just did that." Yes, and I'm over here now. And he might do it again. So he might, so it might want to avoid and then, me. And then it wouldn't, but then it will also, you'll also underestimate the intelligence. It would also know that, oh, I'm in the way, I guess. I mean, it's not going to be like that. running away from you each time you see it because you're going to push it. Uh, am I underestimating or are you overestimating? I don't know. I can't be a moderator of this. Because <laughs> you know I'm right. What? You're a pet owner, Reese. Your what? pet owner or pet- pedo? Pet oh, owner, oh. you own a pet. I thought you just called me a pedophile. I'm no, sorry. I thought you called you a pedo as well. <laughs> I don't understand why this is such a big deal. Like You're making it a big deal. Uh, but you are so against what I'm saying. Like, like this is an unfathomable idea that you, you can grab your cat up in the air to, say, your knees or your chest and just drop it to see its natural instinct kick in, its animal instinct. It's like... Why throw the dog a ball? Oh, is it cruel to make the dog think that you threw the stick when in fact you didn't? That's its natural instinct. It will just run and then come back. Will it think, oh, that guy's betrayed me? No, they just still fall. They still do it because it's their natural reaction. I'm only responding because you gave me this whole thing. Like, You've never done this before and I'm You've telling you why. You've never done it as a And I'm telling owner. you why. Because it's just so fascinatingly peculiar. To me, okay. as someone who's owned pets make a as point. well. I'm going to make a point. Have you never... I would recommend you get a cat. I Not don't... to drop it, but just to have the pet. Have the I don't cat. want a cat. Bartek, do you think he needs a cat? Cats suck. If you're saying just for the purpose of learning this <laughs> lesson, Reese, then probably not. <laughs> well, no, no. If you learn something... Eva Longoria learned a lesson, too. I, I guess if... <laughs> The whole idea of being around certain animals you're not used to to learn about how they behave, I guess. I would say he would learn a lot about having a cat, or maybe even a dog. I mean, that's kind of, you know, the way things work, but... Yeah, like, we could do a movie about it, you know, Ryan in, in has this sort of... Ma- oh, documentary? This... Yes. No, it's a mockumentary, in which Reese is dressed up as a cat. Okay. And I oh, have you... to drop him you off your pick... things to you see him land on his feet. Up. I will not land on my feet, because I'm that well, uncoordinated. I, th- I think the problem there is pick you up. So. Yeah, yeah, you're very tall. I'm also very fat. Are you? Yeah. How much do you weigh? 80 kilos. Really? Yeah. Yeah, look at How tall are you? lost weight. Uh, yeah, I was about 100 last year. How tall are you? Six foot... Yeah, you're just taller than me. I'm six foot three. So it's like, you know, but I don't understand. Like, like, okay. I, I, I get it if you were, say, a first time owner of a cat when you're like a, an adult. That childlike instinct and wonder and, and curiosity that killed the cat um, never kicks in I don't as think much. you want to say that in your argument. No, no, no. I fucking do because it was spot on time. You're arguing about curiosity. I know, but you know. Of humans, not cats. Exactly. And and there's that thing Wait, when you're a kid on. where you, you, you do. Actually, no, it doesn't apply because cats are curious. Says, Why did the human drop me? Exactly. But you know, there's there's that thing of that childlike in uh, of that childlike wonder of wanting to know. Oh, what does what happens if I do this? What happens if I do that? You know, like, 
uh, you know, animals are very interesting, and I find it interesting to the fact that this never kicked in. At no point have you this I mean, never. I've, I've I've know the concept. I knew of the concept, but I just didn't test it out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The instinct never kicked in. I could ask my brother. He was like four when we got the cat. I'm probably sure he did. And have you never made animals do things that they're not necessarily supposed to? Like, have you ever made your cat dance? Have you ever have. put socks on your cat? Like, have you ever... You take it by the top two legs and you just sway it around. Oh, you... Nine you know, lives. You make it. Right. Yeah, but they don't like that. They really don't like that. No animal likes anything. No, well, it attacked me. But you know what I mean. Like, you've done that. Yeah. Why is that okay? You know the animal doesn't it's, like well, it. Did I, it ever well, trust you again? Okay. Did it no. fall out of love did, with did, Reese because trust, he did it that? It did trust me again because I didn't do it again. I, because I knew that she would claw me in the face. Yeah, you learned a lesson. I think the cat also learned that I respect her wishes. I love, sometimes. but you learned a lesson because you were afraid of physical pain. Yes. That's what you learned. And then over time, you've interpreted that as a mutual respect of the animal and yourself. But what you learned was, I'm not going to do that because that's going to hurt me. Oh, you're saying it's because of the th- effect physical it had on threat, me, not because of the effect it had on the kitty. Yeah. Okay. You're worried, oh, I'm going to get clawed if this happens. Uh, Not, oh, oh, the cat had this this traumatic experience in which it's going to forever be changed by me making it dance, me putting socks on it, me making it fall to the ground on its feet. Oh, yeah, I'm going to make a point. A film by what? A film by cast. (laughs) That confused me too at first, yeah. And then it stays there? Yes. Oh, it's well, it's definitely. like all, a film by all these people. Actually, that's kind of clever. That is actually sweet. Uh, I want to see if the bird has a name in these I don't credits. I it'll appear. Parrot. Parrot. Jeff Lop. Oh, oh, that's the director. director. <laughs> Announcer. So, you know. Oh, stunt doubles. We have argued a lot about cats, cats. and not so much the movie. We but missed I think the whole climax. Yeah, we missed the whole climax. We already explained the climax before, yeah. But, yeah, but there was the end cut sequence in which... I don't we, know we if we're talking flight. about cats. If the angel's joking around or not, I don't know. I've heard of the concept of um, happiness leading to orbs of light being created, but I don't know if that's what this was going for. No, no, she wanted family ones. Family ones? Yeah, she said your family's orbs of light. I'm like, what? The family thing throws me off. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Oh, we didn't see how her family was affected by her death, so I guess she got me there. I thought... I oh, thought, yeah. I, it's not even covered. Oh, now. That's just But she passed her mission. <laughs> yeah. So, we argued about cats. We talked about the brilliance of this film. We're now going to give reviews and ratings of our choice. I'm going to leap straight in. I think that this film has an interesting idea in there. And the execution for... 95% of it is fabulously done. It is wonderful. It is great. And I think it's that 5% that wasn't that great. The 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 kind of moral ambiguity of our characters, true feelings, all that kind of stuff, who you side with, who you don't side with, weighs the film down into an unappreciated masterpiece territory. And that's an upsetting thing, but I think that 90% is still very strong. Lake Bell is, although, a bit, uh, you know, scummy at times. I feel like she brings a lightness, an energy, uh, a comedic 
quality to the film that is a sparring partner to Paul Rudd, who he's has a real Chevy Chase style delivery in this film, really dry-witted, really cynical, but sweet underneath as well. I think that uh, Glo- uh, you know, that that Eva Longoria was you know the right amount of high maintenance woman. Like she felt like a realistic high maintenance woman in a surrealist situation. I would say that when she was alive, it was a bit exaggerated. I was still no. That see, I said this. I was on her side. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that she was you know unlikable, but it was a bit exaggerated. I, I think. Have you been to weddings? Yeah. Have you seen the brides go bridezilla ever? Yeah, I have. I have. I it's haven't. pretty realistic. It's, it's what she was like. Pretty full on. It's pretty full on about it. it was pretty so. Uh, over her dead body, I think the title is really well chosen for this movie as well. A lot of the time we don't talk about how important a title is to a movie, but I think this one it is really important. It's a play on the old phrase. It's a clever joke, but it also is a, a thematic tone to the movie. The idea that this... Did you look at the IMD trivia? Yes. And, um, you know, the thematic tone to the movie, and, you know, she... The idea that a ghost, uh, a former flame of love, would be willing to give up their former flame for their happiness, the flame's happiness, the living person's happiness, but that's not the case in this movie, necessarily. Like, she wants Paul Rudd to be happy, but she's more concerned with her happiness. And in the end, she sacrifices that for Paul Rudd, and I think that's great, but I had my problems with the fact that she doesn't get any form of happiness of her own at the end of this movie. I liked this movie, though. I had a lot of criticisms, but I have positive ones and negative ones, and I think that's what you need to come into with some films. And with a lot of films, ones that are great, I have negative criticism. Ones that are terrible, I have good criticisms as well. I enjoyed this song. Uh, song, sorry, I was looking at... I can yeah, see clearly now, and I really like that song. I enjoyed this film. If I had to give it a rating, I would give it... 9 out of 10 dropped cats. Alright. Reese or me? Me? So this film, it's definitely... um, Look, first of all, it's one that didn't get too great reviews. It, It is an unappreciated masterpiece. Not a lot of people, you know, that quote-unquote matter, gave it a high enough review to make it, you know, kind of acclaimed or anything like that. And I I think that does fall back to the age-old flaw of the audience and how it's interpreted. Like, certainly you could argue that, um, the film might have been made a bit too ambiguous, uh, ambiguous, ambiguously, like, uh, like a lot of the part of this episode was us debating it's not so much that we were saying what was happening and what this yeah, meant. Yeah, we weren't all on the same page on this one. Yeah, it was a lot of debate. It was like antagonists, protagonists, and just interpretation. drop them. Terrence Malick. <laughs> Terrence Malick. And we, and we brought ourselves into it too. And I, I think that really makes it sort of a brilliant kind of film that you have to walk in... Like I said, I walked in blind. I think if I walked in knowing what it was about it would have you know kind of made this episode a bit easier on us because there was a lot of yelling um but that being said when i did watch it my first time yesterday before this recording um 
I did laugh quite a bit. There were a lot of funny stuff. And I think we have to remember that this is a comedy film. And a lot of the things that we would kind of analyze in films, like, oh, character motivations, if characters had comeuppance, or if something bad happens, it goes back to that theory that all comedy revolves around someone suffering, which Mm. I don't know if I subscribe to, but I guess this film kind of does subscribe to that because there's a lot of suffering in this film in the sense of like you know there's the gay friend who doesn't want to be in that situation he's not gay I'm so sorry he's straight Um, bisexual there's him you know he's in a situation doesn't want to be in and we kind of laugh at you know when he sets his hand on fire and stuff like that Um, we've got Eva Longoria even though Ryan you were sympathetic to her others thought she was bitchy and at the end even though, you know, we have that ambiguous, oh, is she happy, is she not? She still gets kind of shafted by that whole orb of light thing. Fucking angels. Um, Lake Bell, do we even have to go into that? Like, she was kind of started off doing something as a favourite and ended up turning her into someone who you even describe as duplicitous in a situation she doesn't really want to be in. She was just trying to... I guess the noble reason of letting a guy move on. Mm. What about Sam Pancake? Sam Pancake, what was he? Was he an actor or was he like a music guy? <laughs> he was an actor though. Was he? Who did he play? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know if it's a man. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, he or she was delicious and I don't think we can argue that. Mm. Um, and of course, being an unappreciated masterpiece, it does fall back into that whole notion of people who appear in unappreciated masterpieces later go on to do great things. And that's how we got Final Fantasy Thirteen. Thanks to Over Her Dead Body. Thanks, Over Her Dead Body. Thank you, Over Thank Her Dead Body. Who's the director? Jeff Lowell. Jeff Lowell. Thank you, Jeff Lowell or Lowell. Let's call him Jeff Lobo. Lobo. Lobo? Lobo. Like, Lobo. like the wolf? Yeah. Okay. He's a wolf. A, a wolf named Hungry Jeff. Hungry like the Lobo. <laughs> we, we'll make him our OC on Fun. DeviantArt. Jeff the Lobo. <laughs> Jeff the Lobo. What do you have to rate it, bro? What do I have to rate it, bro? Yeah. Bro, do you want me to rate it? What do you have to yeah, rate, bro. What do you, what do you have to rate it, low bro? You didn't have to call me low bro. Now I feel bad. I am going to give this film a rating of... Hear me out on this. I'm giving it five stars because in Final Fantasy thirteen you get a star rating at the end of every battle. And it's only up to five? Yes. Here's what I thought you were going to go. I thought you were going to be like, it is 13 Final Fantasies out of how many ever there are. If this film had a lot of endings, yeah. We're currently up to 15 mainline games. Reese, let's hear from you. You had a lot of feelings <sighs> going in. Let's hear them. Feelings going in, And yes, now indeed. coming out. Reese is coming out to us. <clears throat> um, um, well, I just uh, I I did watch this one this morning, so I'm fresh off the boat basically with this film. And as I made it clear in the in the first half of the episode that I was not intrigued as my co-hosts or co or the as the hosts. I do apologize. Cohorts. I oh, will oh. give it to you. We'll yes. To you. And I must admit, throughout the prod, throughout this um episode, it has been quite entertaining to actually watch this one again and I've realised Bartek is right there are some great moments in this film such as the shower scene the, the dog scene 
Scene, scene. Scene, scene, and Jason Big just suddenly being straight. Oh my goodness, that was a shock, wasn't it? But I can see why you've chosen this, Ryan. It is an unappreciated masterpiece. And let's ask ourselves, why is that? Well, for one thing, it has the talent assembled. Mm. It's like, it's well, it's not Avengers sort of assembled, but it does have the talent to pull it off. It has an Avenger in it. It has, right? it does have an Avenger. It has... Yeah, Lake Bell, yeah. Paul, yeah, Lake Bell. Um, <laughs> um, it has Paul Rudd, who was in <laughs> Halloween 6. He's technically not my, Avenger, yeah. my, my not so favorite Halloween film. It has Eva Longoria Parker, who has a very long name. She's just now Eva Longoria. Yeah. And it has Lake Bell, who is a pretty good actress, I must admit. If you see her in a film called In a World, she is aced in that film. Is she a whole lake? Yes. And it also has Jason Biggs. You don't get to see much of Jason Biggs these days. I mean, you get to see him in like you know the you don't occasional. You're not watching the right movies. Then. Yeah, and it's always it's always and Jason Biggs. It's always never the leading man is Jason Biggs anymore. What happened to those? What happened Fuck to those? Too many guys? pies. There were too many American pies. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm only seeing two of them, and one of them was a spin-off. So I have yeah. to appreciate that the um, the film did its absolute best to get the best cast it could for this film, and it did. It's a rom com. It got the best people to do it. So, my rating today would be a Terry Hatcher out of a Felicity Huffman. Oh, I'm glad that you did not watch more than 20 seconds of Desperate Housewives, but you do know two of the cast members' names. I do remember because they tried to drive a manual car once in that series and they didn't know how to drive it. <laughs> well, we got reviews. I've got reviews from IMDb. Bartek has comments from YouTube. Let's dive straight in. This is an eight-star review from 2008. So the movie just came out. Fresher off the boat than Reese. It's called I Did Like It. <clears throat> Look, it's Eva Longoria and Paul Rudd in a movie about a dead girlfriend haunting the new girlfriend. It's Gabriel from Desperate Housewives and the guy who wore Sex Panther cologne in Anchorman. If you're expecting a Golden Globe nominated movie, then you need to rethink how you look at movies. However... <laughs> If you're willing to suspend reality for 90 minutes and want to watch a funny movie, then you've come to the right place. The characters are all funny. They work together very well. The real matchup is Paul Rudd and Lake Bell. He's, he's as funny as he was on Friends. And she was funny and good-looking all at the same time. I went with my wife. She enjoyed it. And so did I. What a nice guy. Now we have a negative review here. Oh, dear. Straight off. Bat Bartek negative. One Fuck. Uh, two stars. <laughs> Prepare yourself for this. Two stars, two thousand and eight. Out of it's ten? Out of ten. <gasps> it's called I Hope I Find Ten Lines to Describe This Poor Excuse. Oh, is it another one of these? <laughs> Review make it date spoilers. <clears throat> I had to shut this off about after fifteen <laughs> fifteen excruciating moments. Oh, okay. Okay. I was hoping it might improve. What I saw was badly acted, directed, and written. Wow. This movie should never have, never even have been released directly to DVD. No, it shouldn't have even got that, guys. The lead character, who is a bride top, be from hell. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> the lead character, who is a bride top, be from hell, Typo. has, uh, no, has... And huge ice sculpture fall on her, killing her. 
She was such a revolting person. I was not even sorry for her. She winds up there in a sort of heaven and was still repulsive. I left shortly after. Eva Longoria portrays her and I hope I never see her again. She can't even act. She is just plain annoying. Paul Rudd, an actor who normally can do no wrong, was also in this dud. Jason Biggs, no longer a teen, is also present. I do like comedies, but not stupid ones about stupid people. <laughs> Rating, and then they have an asterisk. Just one out of four. 30 points out of 100. IMDb, 2 out of 10. And that's the end. That was harsh. What? 30 out of 100, but 2 out of 10? Yeah. And what was that other one? 1 out of 4 Four. stars? So, of... Bartek, let's hear from your YouTube comments. He gave it 25%, 30%, <laughs> and 40% all at the same time. And the next review on Rotten Tomatoes will be 50%, oh. and then Metacritic will be 60 So Bartek has... Now, just to clarify, you have comments from YouTube. Where? What YouTube videos are these from? Is it the trailer, scenes... What exactly? I believe the majority are from the trailer. That's excellent. Uh, yeah, blast us with a couple. Right in our face. Blast. In Reese's eyes. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'll wipe that off and read it. Um. Oh, this one's a this one's a bad. This one is. This movie is fucking awful. Just like everything Jason Biggs is in. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Guys, we need a. We need to, you know, kind of revitalize the Jason Biggs. So I've picked mm. three comments to help us with that. <clears throat> Thank goodness. OMFG, Jason Biggs at the end was so funny. Oh, he was. He was very funny. Another one. Haha, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's Jason Biggs! Both of those were all lowercase, but this oh. one has four exclamation marks. That's why I did it louder. Okay. This yes. next one is all caps, but only one exclamation mark. Oh, so it's okay. The American oh, Pie God. Guy! <laughs> Reese has a heart attack and itchy nipples. Yeah. This next one. Ha ha ha! I love this movie! Eva and Paul, less than three. <laughs> less than three being the What heart. is wrong with YouTube commenters? Nothing. They're, they're honest. Should I read one more? Or one more, please. This is my longest one, but, you know, it's a comment. So it'll be short. Hit us in the balls. I'm going to be honest. I don't care for this movie. Oh. If I wanted to watch Ghost and the Three Stooges, I would go watch Ghost and the Three Stooges. Wicked combo. Beca Where, where's the because Stooges because Fox. at least they made sense. But then again, I'm not like most 19-year-olds. Sure, it was funny, but it didn't make much sense. Had a lot of overused cliches, and the characters just acted stupider than I could believe. Oh. I've seen this type of movie before, and this one doesn't have much going for it in the originality department. Wow. Well, I've got a five-star review here. Very middle of the road. Glimpses of superb talent from 2009. And, you know, look, this may be more negative review, you know, or it could be more positive, but this person's from Stockholm, Sweden, so they may have Stockholm Syndrome to the negativity train. Fuckers. <clears throat> it's called Glimpses of Superb Talent. <clears throat> I wasn't overly impressed by this movie, mostly because of the script. Hollywood is not very imaginative when it comes to when it comes to think outside the box. Thus, all <laughs> films follow the magic and boring formula of a beginning, a middle, and an end. And when Hollywood decides to go wild and add something else to that concept, it usually ends up spoiling the movie. They did it in this 
flick. I'm not about to reveal anything, but it has to do with Jason Biggs' character. Still, the movie has its moments. All ghost movies has... All ghost movies has that in common. That there comes a time when a medium or a similar relates what the ghost is saying to a loved one who can't see it. We saw it done better in Ghost with Demi Moore, and they spelt more with just one O. <laughs> Patrick Swayze and Whoopi Goldberg, and more recently in much funnier movie Ghost Town with Ricky Gervais. This movie has that scene too, but the disappointing script passes over it too quickly and with not much result for the plot. The highlight of the movie is the acting for of two leads, Paul Rudd and the surprisingly funny Lake Bell. I've long had a growing admiration for Rudd, who has developed a very similar style to that of Chevy Chase at his best. If ever a serious production of sequels to the Fletch movies gets a green light, the casting agent would do wisely in considering Rudd. Lake Bell is rather new to me, and I was severely impressed by her comedy talent. She could be easily be pictured in the over-the-top comedy things and take on female lead over Jim Carrey's character in Dumb and Dumber, and or Ben Stiller in There's Something About Mary. The Farrelly brothers could have a new star in her. In conclusion, this film was watchable. Ghost Town is a better movie in all considerations, but Rod and Bell are a joy. And that was that was a review. That was a review. Just one. I have two more left. That one's longer s- and one's short. So hit us with a couple. I've got five comments left. Oh no! Hit me with two, <clears throat> baby. One more time. How come Rotten Tomatoes gives negative review on this hilarious film? Maybe that tomatoes getting even more rotten. <laughs> and this comment should be the highest rated comment for no lessons. Yes. Well, I have a nine star review here. Male critics and men in general dump all over good movies like this oh, one. No. Yeah, this review contains spoilers. Reese, did you write this one? No, I did not. I took a flyer in renting this movie, but I gotta say, it was very, very good. On all fronts, script, cast, director, photography, and high production values, etc. Proves Eva Longoria Parker is head and shoulders in rom-com above bad actors such as Kate Hudson and Jennifer Aniston, who mug and call it acting? Who da think it? (laughs) It should be who da thunk it, my friend. Who da think it? Parker and Isla Fisher are in a class by themselves in this regard and should try to hold out for projects as good as over her dead body. Lake Bell is excellent too and this is the first time I have seen her. And finally, Paul Rudd gets the shine in a really good movie instead of lesser films. A movie like this never gets its dues from close-minded males. That's just one sentence, by the way. Just never does by these close-minded males. Well, we... uh, Just to go off review, we gave it... Even though we're close-minded males when it comes to cat dropping, we knew to give this a good good feel. I gave it a straight-up five stars. It's too bad, as other IMD reviewers have 
uh, here have noted, there is nothing lame about this gem, no hack writing or acting, and its description of contemporary LA and California in general makes every scene look bright, beautiful, clean, and otherwise outstanding in every way. Never before has a movie made LA look so good. Ah, uh, what a little talent. Ah, uh, uh, what a little talent and a lot of caring can do for a movie. I won't divulge the plot, but as a long-time and hardcore atheist, I was willing to suspend disbelief and buy into the supernatural theme in order to enjoy an excellent and light-hearted piece of entertainment. It reminds me very much of the old Topper movies, which were also enjoyable. This movie exposes popular but otherwise hackneyed movies like Ghost for the mediocre and overly sentimental crap fests they are. We already know the public taste leans heavily toward the mediocre. Some of us save our praise for the true, truly worthy, however. If you have ever enjoyed other overlooked gems such as Into the Night with Michelle Pfeiffer and Jeff Goldblum, Blind Date with Bruce Willis and Kim Bassinger, American Dreamer, uh, chances are with Robert Downey Jr. With American Dreamer, they just didn't even bother with any cast members. <laughs> chances are with Robert Downey Jr., Christopher McDonald, and Sybil Shepard, Making Mr. Right with John Malkovich, etc. You'll enjoy this. A first-rate job all around, even if it's kind of hard to believe a straight guy can pretend to be gay for more than five years. But even the plot device doesn't detract from the movie's overall excellence. Mm. Bartek, hit us with your final comments, because I have one last review after that, and it's... Yeah. After we're done with that, I'll just say one thing, but uh, that's for later. <clears throat> later. H8, so hate, this movie had to watch it on a bus trip Semicolon S. <laughs> Not a colon, semicolon. Yeah. Two minutes and 22 seconds. O-N-G. So funny, I fell on the ground because I laughed. Dot, dot. L-O-L, X-D. One minute, 23 seconds. Funny, two, colon, two double Ds. <laughs> so I remember that the funny two one was when uh, Jason Biggs got his hair, arm set on fire. Yeah. And 22, 2.22 was... Um, the minute in the trailer? In the trailer, yes. There. So she commented on the latter thing first. It was one of Jason Biggs's lines where he basically explained what was happening. He's like, yeah, that's completely normal. I've heard of that before. <laughs> so it's a Jason Biggs fan. And I said her, but I'm assuming. Because I'm good. Because remember at the beginning of the episode, I'm good, Bartek? Yeah. Your evil rhyme? Heads I drop cats. <laughs> and the final comment... Why do women that are not wimps put up with boyfriends that are? I have no problem with it going against societal expectations, but as I see it, it also goes against nature slash biology slash evolution. Nature. If only it was limited to fiction, but I know it's not. Both a sister and a cousin had husbands like that. Is it a Florence Nightingale complex? Well, I have a seven-star review here, Bartek. Yeah. Seven stars. Eva Longoria, the best of the movie. Actually, my vote is a 7.5. Anyway, the movie was good. It has those funny parts that make it deserve to see it. Don't misunderstand me. It is not the funniest movie of the world, and it's not even original because its idea, 
that we have been seen before in other movies, but this one has its own taste. A friend of mine told me that this film was a film for boyfriends. I think that not exactly, but who cares? Also... (laughs) Also... Also, there's another movie that show us almost the same topic. Chris Rock appears in it. The name is Down to Earth. Men, that one is very funny movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Funny movie. See both if you want, and I know that you will agree that Mr. Rock won with his movie. I would like to that the protagonist male character were given to Ashton Kutcher. However, the film is good. <laughs> that was written in Mexico. Wow. Oh, man. Great. So we brought up earlier that um, yeah, it'd be really weird or cool if she could like possess people in the film. Like, yeah, wouldn't that be great? Yeah. 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 Oh no! He's being possessed by Eva Longoria Parker. <laughs> no, it's it's something much worse. It's it's. Oh no, is it the antagonist of the show, Reese? What? what? No, I'm here. I like how you have to scream over. Over her dead body. Oh no, Roger Ebert. Two out of four stars. Oh, well, he gave it Roger a Ebert. Why is nobody utterly in awe of ghosts in Over Her Dead Body and so many other ghost comms? Here is a supernatural manifestation from another realm, and everyone treats it as a plot device. Mm-hmm. The movie even drags in a Catholic priest who seems bewilderingly ignorant of his church's beliefs about ghosts, they don't exist, and mm-hmm. treats this situation as an opportunity for counseling. Well, that's fair. I mean, he wants to convert her. Now, the setup it's the wedding day of Henry and Kate, Paul Rudd and Eva Longoria Parker. She's a type A perfectionist who races maniacally, sorry, manically around the reception venue, straightening place settings, adjusting decorations, and flying into a rage at the ice sculptor, Stephen Root, who has delivered an ice angel without wings. She orders him to take it back and bring her one with wings, which, as everyone knows, all angels possess. Mm. He argues reasonably that you can't reasonably. Reasonably. He argues reasonably that you can't just stick wings on an ice sculpture. (laughs) Then, in a tragic accident, tragic, you see. That's not in there, but I'm just pointing it out because we said tragedy earlier. Thanks, Roger Ebert's ghost. Ryan and the guy I'm possessing. Then, in a tragic accident involving the sculpture, Kate is killed. No. Flash forward a decent amount of time and Henry, still in mourning, is informed by his sister Chloe, Lindsay Sloan, that it's time for his life to begin again. He should start dating. He won't hear of it. He's still in love with Kate. She persuades him to visit Ashley, Lake Bell, a psychic she knows. He does so. Is she a psychic? Sometimes. She get, she begins to get vibes. So does he. Neither one needs to be psychic to realise that they are falling in love. You know what I really liked about that review, Roger, is it was more of a synopsis than a review. <laughs> yes. Now let's get to the second half. Oh, <laughs> fuck. I guess it's alright for psychics, as opposed to psychiatrists, to date their <laughs> clients, but Ashley seeks advice. She gets it from Dan, Jason Biggs, her partner in a catering business. Also from Father Marks. Thanks, Marks. William Morgan Shepherd, who you. also doesn't know that his church doesn't believe in psychics. Was he ordained by mail order? 
The church teaches that consulting a psychic is a sin, although it doesn't totally rule out info from the other side, suggesting it could be disinformation from Satan. Anyway, eek! The ghost of... (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, eek! Anyway, dot dot dot, eek! The ghost of Kate appears, none too pleased that another woman has designs on her man. (laughs) What? I'm not joking. That another woman has designs on her man. She intends to sabotage their romance. What happens then? Don't know. Kate looks real, although she has no material presence and can walk through walls, etc. I always wonder why walls are meaningless to such beings, but they never fall through floors. Do elevators go up without them? Never mind. The plot, <laughs> the plot plays out as you would expect it to, as the amazing presence of a ghost is effortlessly absorbed into the plot... For, sorry, the formula plot. If it were me and a ghost, I'd put my personal agenda on hold and ask all sorts of questions about the afterlife. Wouldn't you? No. The film kind of addresses that, but let's forget that. Yeah. Heaven in this movie is represented in the standard way. Everything is blindingly white and everyone is garbed in white. Fun fact, it's not heaven, but okay. It's not not heaven, but Shut up, shut up. Even an angel, played by Callie Rocher, who has, by the way, no wings. Well, of course it doesn't. Being a pure spirit, it has no need to fly. Kate switches back to a conventional wardrobe for her sojourns (laughs) here below, which means a stay. I looked it up. (laughs) <laughs> I got, I got the word from a thesaurus Because it sounds good Even in a movie with a ghost The hardest thing to believe is the revelation That Dan makes to Ashley They have worked together five years And yet she is astonished I will leave the revelation for you to discover Only adding that I believe It would be impossible for Dan to work five years In the catering industry Without his secret being obvious to everyone Wow, Roger. Consider for a moment how this movie might play if it took itself seriously. Would it be better than as a comedy? I suspect so. Yeah. Does the premise her ghost turns up and fights the new romance make you chuckle? Me neither. Mm. It's the kind of angle that could only seem funny at a pitch meeting. Not only have we been there, done that... We don't want to go there, do that in the first place. Which is kind of what I said about Deep Rising. What a shit show, am I right, everyone? Get out of here, Roger Ebert's ghost. Oh! Fuck off! Why are we screaming, guys? Fuck off. Why are we screaming? Why got Roger Ebert's review open? Screw that. Because Roger Ebert's a cunt. That's why we're screaming. So thank you guys for listening to a very interesting episode <laughs> about life, death, Moral ambiguities, what duplicitous means, cats, whether you should drop them or not, or whether you can drop them. That's really the argument I'm making. And Terrence Malick. And uh, whether artsy or up themselves is a better uh, describing, phrasing, words, adjectives for... Thing. thing. Men for um, Terrence Malick. Whether Reese is the actual antagonist of the group. Oh, now, come on. Who knows? You guys have been fantastic, amazing, wonderful, great, obviously, you know, wonderful again, listening people. Can I say something just to add to what you just said there, Ryan? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. So, if you guys want to help support us out, you know, we have iTunes, we have Facebook, we have Podbean, we have YouTube. You All you have to do is just search for Spit and Polish Presents, 
and listen up to the episodes. We have a great back catalogue now. We've done many movies. You can give them a thumbs up or a five-star rating or review. Or Hey, on our Facebook, we have uh, the ability for you to suggest a movie that's an unappreciated masterpiece. You know, we don't know all of them. Like, we didn't know over her dead body before going in. I just let it go on the blind luck that it will be, you know, worthy of our show. And luck won't always last. It didn't last for Eva Longoria in that movie. And it may not last for us, and we need you to help us with knowing the next film we could do. So, drop us a line. Uh, Reese. it was fantastic to have you on the show, even though you were quite a bit of a jerkwad in this episode. I think it was just, you know, you were really upset about the fact that you know that I was right about the cat dropping stuff, and you just didn't want to admit it. It's fine, it's fine. Bartek, it was always, it's always great to have you possessed by Roger Ebert. What? I know. You need to listen to the episode and you'll find out. It's Holy it's spoiler shit. alert for the episode that's just taking place. And Ryan, myself, it was very hard for me to dig deep into this episode. You know, it's very hard to expose one's inner workings of how a movie didn't work for me or whether or not I think you can or should or would be able to drop a cat and it would be fine. Uh, thank you guys, as always. Remember to be kind to each other. Yes. Yes. So, um, do you want to try improvisation again? Yeah, Reese. Want to do a word at a time thing again, or sentence at a time story? Let's do it. Word at a time? Yep, word at a time. All right, Reese. Right. do you want to start it off? Dearest... Brother. I would... Rather... Have... Watermelon... Then... That... Peach. You... Will... Like... My... Peach because it is very tasty and luscious and I would have your plum if you give it to my dead (laughs) fiance. Because she really doesn't like watermelon.